0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like we were saying, like recording. Um, it's it is good pre-recording, especially with opsec language. But yeah, I mean, recently I've yeah. gone through a major, uh, as you were saying, transition, <laughs> uh. <laughs> onwards and upwards. Um. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you no, know, so people yeah, don't know is. I recently left Break the Rules um, in less than stellar circumstances, but it was a long time coming, and now I'm doing good things. I've uh, squashed a number of Twitter beefs with people that are also coming awesome. on break, on content minded. And uh, yeah, it's really good. It's giving me a lot of the freedom to do the shit that uh, I want to do with people that I want to do them with. And uh, I don't have to, uh, <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <later>. <laughs> Put it this way. It's been a liberating experience. And I, now I'm getting paid to patreon.com slash giant art productions. <laughs> shameless
1: shilling shameless money helps the money helps yeah no definitely Uh, it does
0: man it makes me want to like edit stuff and i have a back catalog of like i have a bunch of friends like prudentialist um my friend yeah 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 yeah. um i have um, a russian journalist friend who uh i think i'm actually gonna have to only put that one on odyssey and patreon because (laughs) the way (laughs) things are right now um But uh, what else? I have um, a bunch of great people that are coming on, even people that people don't expect either.
2: Yeah, Um, I mean, um, we were going to, but the answer to this is probably no, because I'm sure you are, pretty you you planned out what you're going to do but if you want to do this as any kind of simulcast if you want to post it to your channels in any form um yeah 100 yeah. yeah. welcome to uh, I post
0: snippets to promo it too yeah like, oh, no, oh yeah, we, yeah. Uh, no yeah thanks. we'd,
1: we'd yeah. love yeah. for this to be your episode too both of yeah. us yeah i did that with
0: sam with his podcast we did a great one that took that one actually took a lot of research i had to reread um the francis bacon book on uh Sorry, the Deleuze book on Francis Bacon. That's a great episode.
2: Uh, oh, man, I got I to gotta read that. Yeah. Before, uh, I mean, I think we'll actually probably just keep this recording in the show because we've already touched on some good stuff. But uh, let yeah. me just do do our little intro first, and then we'll we'll keep going. Um, so I'm just going to say, right. <clears throat> this is The New Right, a podcast for the lost arts, reclaiming the literary holy land from the heathen. This is Matt Pegas.
1: And this is Dan Baltic.
2: And we're here today with Gio Panachetti, uh, a Twitter E-celeb who needs no introduction <laughs> to our sphere.
0: <laughs> Would you
2: use that? I don't know if you'd use that word, but you're definitely well, very well I'm known. i Yeah,
0: I finally made it to E-celeb status.
2: Absolutely. There
0: you go. Um, um,
2: at the very least, we nice lab within our sphere, which, you know, we we always, pretty much every episode, Dan and I end up dancing over, like, is it the dissident, right? Is it frog Twitter? Is it something else? And I noticed, Gio, that you have joined Catherine D, or maybe you, you probably did it, you may have done it before, Default Friend, but like, you, you're one of these people who calls it the online right or the e-right, which I yeah. think- that I don't. It to me, it's not super catchy because it's not. It doesn't feel as descriptive. Yet at the same time, I do think it's the best descriptor because you know, frog Twitter mm-hmm. is just one piece of the puzzle. Dissident right? Yeah. That's a little too narrowly ideological. Yeah, I think this is the the online right or the e right. Um, so yeah, you are a major figure within that, and you're also, of course. I, I'm just intro. Obviously, I said you need no introduction, but I'm still gonna give one uh, go in ahead. case any of our <laughs> listeners.
0: I like
2: uh, <laughs> In case any of our listeners are not familiar, Geo is an artist and a real artist. I mean, not that meme makers aren't real artists, because they are, but not only do you I'm sure you've dabbled in making memes, but you are a, oh. a real, a real fucking painter, you know, with a with yeah. acrylics and a real uh carver of wood. You have you're a prolific artist uh with you know your your works on instagram on facebook people should check it out i was saying this to daniel that you're you know you're friends with my good friend robert stark in fact oh yeah the first time we ever spoke was on his podcast um that was
0: actually a notch on the belt for me i've been listening to stark truth radio for years really oh that's nice yeah
1: yeah Yeah, he
0: interviewed everybody man like even no g he yeah, is. even some people we don't like anymore.
2: <laughs> even some people we don't oh, like no, anymore. Dude, multiple times. Content. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get into that later too. Because yeah, Stark is that uh, you know he never really and he'll it, be. I don't need to black pill him if he hears this. He never like got like the big big following, but no. like the cool people know him, or, like the OGs know him because he's been around and his content is fucking great. uh yeah. It. You know, uh or he's another... like your
0: favorite band's favorite band. Sort yeah, of yeah, he's like
2: yeah. it's he's like yeah. proto proto punk vibes, and like uh yeah, I I think not not to sidetrack too much here. I think flying under the radar, while it doesn't lead to like you know making a lot of money off your content or something, like I think it's helped him with his sort of longevity. But anyway, we'll okay. talk maybe we'll talk more Stark later. But I was gonna say like him and you are pretty much the only people in this sphere that I know who like. And I'm probably wrong, and there's someone I'm neglecting, but who really do, like, real, like, quasi-classical or just classical art, uh, you know, painting. Um, So that's definitely something I would, you know, along with Robert, I would highlight you for is, like, uh, along with all the meme makers, like, there's not a lot of people who really just, like, do serious art. But Geo is absolutely one of them.
0: Well, there's a few. I mean, there's a lot of friends of mine. um, I would imagine. Yeah. um finn de is an actual sculptor one of the few great sculptors left in the world um a bunch of people i know um there are even people that are like loosely associated who know about it but don't explicitly brand them (coughs) as like part of the scene like um who uh the second place winner of passage prize um kenneth brown uh yeah he uh recently went on my friend pharaoh's podcast um there are there are a number of people but i i know like in terms of Explicit uh art content. I mean, I'm one of the few that's known like me, well, Owen Cyclops, obviously. Right. Um, but Owen Cyclops is more of an illustrator and more exactly of, say, a storyteller. Um, he's dabbled in final, he's done final. Yeah, but um what because again, I think me and uh my <laughs> my good my good good friend of me, Paul Rhodes, uh Paul talk, we talk about um
2: uh-huh. Yeah I know. Yeah I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we like okay, he had he had a good actually video about this like what is fine art, right? What is fine art? Fine art is and it's not just like the standalone content but it's looking at a subject matter and confronting different challenges with each piece. Whereas an illustrator is very tight in what they do. If you're doing series work, you know what you're doing. You have a very you have a certain execution and a style of doing it. But with fine art, you're sort of open. Like, there is style. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But it seems that every piece that you're doing has its own set of unique properties and challenges, even though there are, I mean, most fine artists nowadays in, in the art world will do series work because it's like, I've never believed in that. I mean, I do have a style, I, I would think, but, like, the whole, like, I have to have a certain thing that I paint and I do and, then like, a certain thing that I do it in, a certain way I do it in um to brand myself like that that's how most people get ahead in the fine art world nowadays I mean it seems
1: kind of like the distinction between literary fiction and genre fiction oh like genre fiction is like you have a style that you do it in it follows the rules of that genre whereas the literary fiction is fiction as art and you are you know your goal is to make a piece of art so i maybe i'm reading more into this than there is but uh the distinction that you mentioned between fine art and other forms of art that are more narrow like that that seems pretty apt yeah Yeah.
0: but who makes more money in that equation
1: uh true very genre fiction right right yeah Yeah. same thing for art i would imagine right
0: those if you can be in a part of an industry um The contemporary world so monumentally fucked, but like, um, (laughs) if it's it's same with the literary world, the parallel. It's same with academia, because remember, both the literary, like I okay, I don't read a lot of fiction, but I have no friends who are you know. um, It seems that both the time that the literary world sold it's sold to the MFA programs, and the contemporary world sold sold it's sold to the MFA programs to academia. It seems that they've sort of gone along a similar trajectory of decline where people that are writing in MFA programs, what are they doing? They're writing books for other people in MFA programs.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: People in the the contemporary art world, in New York especially, they get cropped to do very specific things, very specific people, very specific narrow band of like, you know, politics or whatever. But I do think that in both of them, there still is, I mean, even artists that, people consider like libs or whatever or people even that other people would find insufferable i do think that there is a value in that um even as a purely intellectual exercise like for example i do not um particularly like the politics of someone like cecily brown but i think her paintings are stunning and amazing and she's mm-hmm. one of the only people doing mural work or not doing well doing trip to work nowadays in a very painterly fashion pure painting um but but she's like her politics are horrendous. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean Same with Jenny as, Saville. Yeah. As with all of them, like if you're a mainstream successful artist, yeah. you know, as we all well know, you, you know, it's, it's very difficult to yeah. succeed with right-wing politics.
2: It's the same with the books and movies too, of course, you know, I can't right. even think of a good example of someone who's like a, a great novelist whose politics I, I, I despise or anything because I don't even read a lot of contemporary novelists, but you know, oh, I guess Franzen. I I I like some of Franzen's work with his politics. They say Franzen's an yeah. old school lib though. Like he's kinda, yeah. Yeah,
0: like nineties lib.
2: <laughs> like, 90s yeah. lib combined with like uh, uh climate apocalypse, yeah. you know, sort of <laughs> prediction. But yeah. yes, nevertheless, no, he's not like woke per se
0: no but you can um, spin that into based politics like oh you, you
2: well you absolutely can you you just yeah. did this uh i didn't hear all of it yet but your, your episode with trash world you know <laughs> oh, oh yeah. the pine tree yeah. party of it all absolutely could it's i feel like some uh, t- tangent here we we do have an outline we'll stick to but like so i don't want to just get off on these heady intellectual topics but you do, i do sometimes think like um People like friends and another like liberals who get really into uh like the environmental apocalypse is coming. I feel like it's like their version of being based within like the general liberal worldview because like mm, it, yes. it's it's a way of saying like uh, you know modern it's basically a way of saying modernity is garbage while still being liberal. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> that's yeah. great,
0: that's great yeah. actually. So I it's I like
2: I, it's like an inner instinct that comes out that way or something.
0: I know Prudentialist he talks about rivaling apocalypses but I, I think like the implications of that it's quite interesting how because in a way it fulfills all of the metrics of what we would call like colloquially based politics it has a sort of finality to modernity it has a um a reproach towards a sort of totalization of outside beyond humanity's control even though humanity ostensibly contributes to it uh, so it's like the there's a neilative principle to it, um, but I would also say that it's different in that I mean it's different in the sense of like what quote unquote is where there's almost like a life affirming character to it. Even someone like Lincola that talks about limiting the human population, uh, there still is some there's a verve there for life. Whereas I notice left wing apocalypticism. When it comes to the environment, it sort of dovetails with the, the sort of what I call pop antinatalism. Yeah, that's being prop, you know, promoted on places like Twitter and TikTok, um, right, among right, Zoomers right. especially. Right. I mean, there's something about it that's just very like cold and alienating and. Kind of like like
2: like Matthew McConaughey in True Detective season one kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, like Ligotti. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I actually like Ligotti.
2: I think I think I believe you have something of an appreciation for Ligotti, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot more like
0: CRM, but yeah, Ligotti. Yeah, I I, I like
2: that stuff, but yeah, I definitely wouldn't like live by it because I do think it's fundamentally like the more live by it literally. You you literally can. not I don't know if it's fair to call it the left wing side of that equation, but yeah, there, there is, it is like, it's the, it's the anti-modernity. It's the, the, whatever you said, like the nihil- the nihilistic thing, which can seem kind of base. but then it's like the version where it's like, it's all a mistake. We should all, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Is that fair to call that left wing? I think maybe. Cause yeah, I think the, the opposite version is a, an element of vitalism that you'd find in like a, a VAP or like a pine tree party, Mike Ma kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The latter yeah. being preferable but uh but yeah i guess by way of summing up uh the the sort of intro section here uh, i did want to also just highlight for anyone who doesn't know that you know we talked about how you're you know you're a you're a a twitter e-celeb and you're also an artist and the intersection of these two things is what led you to to recently be on the panel for passage prize as the art judge oh yeah Um, oh
0: wow that was that was quite an
2: experience (laughs) what was that like um, what, what, uh, uh, like what, um, I mean, how much art did you have to look at? Was it uh was it an overall positive experience? What were some of the recurring themes you came across, etc. Yeah. Yeah. There,
0: it was a positive experience. I, I, I didn't have as much work to do as, as, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. as, um, or, as uh, my good, yeah, I'm a good friend, zero HP Lovecraft. Yeah. But I did have to sort of make stark decisions and some of those decisions were helped by the committee, by by Lomez. And um I think like the picks that we all came, we came to an agreement, I think, that was pretty solid. There were people that I wanted to include, but for the nature of the contest rules, I couldn't. I got I generally got a lot of art. I I um not as much painting and sort of like fine art, but I did get quite a bit of illustrations. Um, I'm going to do a series of my sub stack doing blurbs for some of the ones that I like. I have to get around to it. I've just been super busy with podcasting and everything else. Uh, but generally, like, it, it was it was easier to determine than ZHP or moldbug because I think that the ambiguity between what was visually stunning and what wasn't is, you know, was was pretty present yeah I, that I, makes
2: sense yeah
0: yeah there was some that were just basically propaganda like literally one of them was just like photoshopped uh slices of bread with like uh, fed post statements on them <laughs> like you know redact politicians redact journalists blah 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 so uh no but there yeah there was other ones that were some of them were quite good but they were part of a series and i feel that it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have given them the breadth of You know recognition if they would have won um so i I will cover some of them uh there was a lot of illustrations from different series that people were working on and that's always a mixed bag because some of them were good on their own but they just they jived they didn't jive with like the message of what passage was going for yeah it's always hard like when you see something good and you have to like you know you Have to make his choice, a clear choice, the only three choices, right? Um, so it was a good mm-hmm. experience. I mean, my the biggest controversy, of course, with my was my friend King Salmon Fish. And I feel that um, like we were discussing on my podcast, content-minded. Um, when when the magazine comes out and the blurb that I wrote for hit for each painting, sorry, series of paintings, yeah, because everyone <clears> had to submit these two pieces of art. Um, the blurb I wrote for King Salmonfish, I think, will become clear as to what he's doing with his meme art, or rather, post meme art. I would say, um, and but I know, like that generated like a fuck ton of content. Like,
2: was he the I winner? Think the, it, what was he the number one winner? He was number three. He was number, number three. three. Okay, yeah. yeah. Trying to remember. No,
0: number but one. Yes. Number one. Uh, he's a friend of mine. Wide Dog. Number yeah. one. I felt if you had to pick, even though it's digital illustration, if you had to pick something that is an integral art that combines fashion message art visuals the history of modernist painting why dog he nailed everything i think why dog but 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 what i wanted to look for is that i don't want the typical bullshit like propaganda like uh (laughs) like i mean stuff that i'm also subject to as well you know Oh my God! I don't have a, you know, <laughs> I live in my basement. I don't have a girlfriend. Modernity is failing. The world must end. <laughs> like that type yeah. of shit. <laughs> I wanted something that fulfilled a positive vision, and I felt that White Dog fulfilled that. Like as much as as you know Kenneth Brown, his stuff was very much holistic. It's very neo pagan. It's very um, his 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 you know the, his chops with painting is unmatched. Like even better than me, but. I felt that White Dog offered a positive vision. That is what I wanted—a vital and positive vision that isn't the typical, like right-wing miasma critique of modernity type of shit. Which I mean, a lot of the stuff that I got that was pretty good, but yeah. it was too much. It was I didn't I didn't want the artwork to become propaganda. In other
3: words, yeah, I, I, that was yeah. an
0: explicit thing because when art, like, if you're going for again, this is very Walter Benjamin. If yeah. you're going for the aestheticization of politics. Do not revert to the left-wing communist politicization of art. Like, that is, you know, I I feel like the problem with the contemporary right-wing is that people just want propaganda, more or less. They want, like, Mm. like, either they want, like, the Wheatfield trad maiden wife, or they want, like some yeah. other horrific painting of like owning your yeah. libs In other I words, definitely like, uh, well, yeah,
2: yeah. i got some questions i have to make this call about my car real quick you guys oh, can no keep problem. talking yeah, i don't want to yeah, wanna, yeah uh, you guys keep talking i'll be right back
1: so no yeah problem. no i mean it's definitely like it's like popcorn it's like you know junk food you want the art that makes you feel good but <laughs> the, yeah yeah exactly yeah, but the, true. The, art, true. the art that actually changes things it's not necessarily the art that makes you feel the best initially
4: it's the art that makes
1: you think it's the art that's like you know so yeah Yeah. i totally get that distinction you're trying to make there
0: yeah and it's starting to contextualize in the sense that um there there's art that can make you feel good right like there's art that can satiate you but when it comes to um yeah yeah there there is um yeah, sure, sure, sure. I'm sorry. I'm doing the mold bug bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I always do that in a podcast. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, yes.
1: It's distinctive. It's yeah. distinctive. Um,
0: um, no, I think, that it's, I, I think that when art becomes instrumentalized, there's a lot of problems with, um, I think every piece of art can be subject to politics and can be instrumentalized inevitably.
4: Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah
0: just by its inherent nature of um, art having to deal with the question of being itself. But at the same time, I feel that um, I don't shy away from that. I don't yeah. say that like, Oh, well it's bad. Like I can't, I just have to have art. That's not political, man. Like that's obviously bullshit, but I do feel that. um Yeah. There has to be a deeper politics there. There has to be a deeper sort of approach to it. There can't just be like a replication of ideology, in other words.
1: Yeah, yeah. The art should serve the function of the art and the politics come second. At least that's my, you know. uh, Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Or rather, even the politics itself has to be subject
1: to the the art. The politics is downstream of the art. You do the art, the art inflects the politics. And I think that's like the as and the other way is propaganda. The politics inflects the yeah. art. And that's yeah, like exactly. that's not that good
0: art. Yeah. That's very fascistic, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the art informs politics.
0: No, it's true though. I think that um there was this thread the other day by a bat poster about um not shying away from and I don't agree with this guy. Um again, it's very hard my position to uh sell. Various critical yeah. theory people to, uh, you know, the right wing, but I do feel that, um, yeah, you can't. If aesthetics informs political ideology, that's a very interesting conundrum, because I would argue that that's never happened for a very long time, for at least sixty to fifty, even hundred years. Um, may, well, no, hundred years is too far. Maybe like seventy years or so since yeah. the closing of the twentieth century, let's say. Um, and I think that the implications of that is very interesting. Absolutely, um, because if the total aesthetic picture of a society or uh, an ethnos or a religion, um, if Absolutely. that informs political belief, um, I I think that people unfortunately aren't thinking in terms of that. They're thinking in terms of there are these problems we have with the modern world, and how do we have works of art that can motivate people. Towards the solutions to those problems Whatever those solutions may be The problem is that is a very like That like the regime that we despise So much that is what they're doing right now
1: Absolutely So
0: it it becomes a question Of does the Service of art itself Does it inspire a sort of Spiritual longing within someone Or does it inspire a sort of Roadmap towards the political Which I mean the sort of using art to map the political it is a reality it's always there as we speak but when it's explicit that is like you know it yeah it becomes this very profound um, quandary if you will um in terms of like what it means to
2: be
3: yeah.
0: quote-unquote dissident artist right because even framing yourself in those terms is like yeah no ugh, absolutely you know, it's like ugh, like I
1: mean, it's like you you want to be an artist. And if you are a dissident, you are a dissident. But you know, kind of like let someone else make that decision. You do your art, people will judge it. And then they'll figure out like, oh, this guy's a dissident, this guy isn't. And like this gets into something we want to talk about later in the pod, about your uh, Confederacy of shit posters essay, where you uh, get into what we have. Is it a movement? Or is it a uh, an exchange of knowledge? And right. Matt and I were talking about this, and it yeah, absolutely. It sorry about changed. that. Uh, no Oh at. no
0: problem. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Where
2: where are we? I'm the editor here, so I
1: will. Uh, Just there's know, we'll only one or two
0: parts that you have to cut out, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, your uh, your audio is there with the car guy. i, guys, I so, sorry, I forgot to mute the, it. Yeah, no else. <laughs> <green. laughs> no, no I think problem. you could probably take it out, right?
2: Yeah, yeah oh yeah easily enough uh i'm surprised they picked it up because i walked outside but i have a loud voice uh anyway i don't know how much <laughs> but, you've heard uh, whatever fucking car shit we'll figure but,
0: uh, it out. Yeah. We or maybe maybe it stays
2: us. in and we get in the, the meta the podcast like that meta field recording <laughs> yeah exactly uh where yeah, I, I mean, that's yeah just people will subscribe because they heard me a- agreed to expensive car repairs yeah
1: yeah, I mean, people it was like know that, that. Matt that has movie. a car, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, we're already doing pretty well here.
0: <laughs> it was like that movie with, um, I think it was at Harmony Korean that produced it, where it was okay. like what it takes to be a porn star. Like, um, they like, oh fuck, I forget. I know Default Friend was talking about it, but it was, it was just like weird behind the scenes of like the the decisions made and like, like that's real like cinema veritas stuff. But like, I mean i don't know if podcasting could be like that like oh i believe in know. it yeah like, yeah like um, people being obsessed with like behind the scenes shit um yeah my previous podcast there was plenty of behind the scenes shit um, <laughs> but uh you know that's always what happens when especially you're doing it um i feel like you have to have like you have to really like really vibe with each other i think and unfortunately like as much as um people like talk about oh well you know have a diversity of opinions when it comes to like if you're co-hosting i feel like um
1: you need to be on the same page basically some kind of same page yeah usually because someone someone you you need to be chill with each other so you have
0: to be on the same page of the general like direction and like where you want to go with it
2: you have to be both on the same aesthetic crucially so same as actually i think being on the same aesthetic page is more important than being on the same political page maybe that's what you Mm, mean
0: interesting but uh because
2: like our friends i don't even want to comment on this i don't know i don't know the specifics of it but like our friends uh kevin kautzman and brad kelly two previous Mm. new right guests their their podcast art of darkness i get the impression that their worldviews are pretty different but their pod is pretty united so uh I think Dan and I are pretty on, on board with, in terms of, of everything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I will say, and this is one interesting anecdote. I don't think we've even really talked about it, but as we were deciding to do the pod at one point, we realized we had to have the, cause you know, we only had a few preliminary conversations, the red pill conversation where we had to, you know, say like, oh, okay, we met on Justin Murphy's forum, you know, you're getting published by terror house. I seem to have some dissident ideas so uh how you know what what does the red pill mean to you (laughs) basically (laughs) and we uh you realize sounds like you're in a gay
0: bar together like what is there
2: (laughs) i think we did a pretty good job of uh you know laying out an answer that was agreeable to both of us that was based without being something that was needlessly controversial
0: yeah yeah that's because i think nowadays the model that controversy sells like it only sells if you're willing to like to base yourself i feel like um
2: yeah you know well maybe we'll get into that i want to get back to the i I don't know where you guys got on this the art and propagate versus propaganda conversation definitely want to ask more about that so i don't want to totally go in this direction now but i did want to talk about the um you know you've talked about how this we're going to talk about your your Substack article confederacy of shit posters and your general project along with the podcast and you said this in the youtube video you're trying to make a sort of Uh, encapsulation of the online rights uh, scene that the likes of which hasn't been and maybe even more complete than Angela Nagel's Kill All Normies. Yeah. So I definitely want to ask you kind of just, and I I am going to bracket it for later, I think, because I want to talk about art first, but I, I definitely am. You know, you've been around a long time. You mentioned, you know, you're an OG Stark listener and all that. Like, you've been around a lot longer than a lot of people, and you, you've kind of watched all these vibe shifts happen. It mm-hmm. kind of seems like there has been a step. I don't know if you agree with this, but like a bit of a step away from the transgression for transgression's sake. Yeah. On the online right and towards towards something else. Um, well,
0: because people kept getting banned. That's why. No. <laughs> yeah. So some of it's out of necessity, but also some yeah. of it's like,
2: how long are you going to troll? You know, before that loses its. I feel bigger, like yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a really that's a fascinating question because I feel like um me and me me and ZHP were talking about this in the DMs once. We were talking about um, certain people who are more newer to the quote unquote scene. I mean, describing it as a scene is kind of like, like you know support your local scene, like you know that's <laughs> the pol- yeah. the politics having yeah having like had friends in like local music scenes. It's like that's there's always like the politics behind the surface. But for people who are newer, I guess they don't realize that there's a cycle to things the cycle is you have a breakaway group usually based off of a cult of personality um and you say uh i don't like these people anymore i want to be different and yeah. <laughs>
3: and mm. then
0: what happens you stab, you cutthroat, you stab you what i call shark wooming. i wrote this article a long time ago for a person's website who shall not be named because he did this um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, it was something, something Mercury. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, 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 I called a shark wombing, where you sort of, in order to achieve like even the most modicum small amount of like semi-mainstream legitimacy, you s- like, okay, you know how sharks, certain like uh, lion sharks, you know they reproduce. Um, the cubs yeah. they swim in the womb, right? Right. They swim in the womb, and they're blind. And they kill each other, and only the last one who wins in this brutal contest of survival gets to swim out of the shark vagina, and they get to reproduce. So that is Jeez. what I call shark booming. Yeah, I know yeah. it's brutal. It's, uh, There's actually a video futuristic. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually a video I think on the Discovery Channel about it. Um, the point being is that I think I I I'd had some like elaborate theory cell title about online ecologies or whatever, mm-hmm. and the way it works is like you say, okay, I'm going to go to war with everybody else and hopefully I can swim out the other side after I've shark wounded everybody else. Now there has been cases where that hasn't worked out and there's cases where that's quite, been quite successful. And even when there is success for a time uh, with the recent implosion of someone, a group that used to be really big on Twitter that sort of decided to um Spurn everybody else because the leader at the top is a megalomaniac, and he's a you know, about naming names. Uh, you know, when it comes when it comes to being a, a boy king, uh,
2: I think <laughs> we all probably know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I've multiple streams about it. Um, no, but I think that's a great example in that um, you mentioned about transgression. I think when you're caught in this like sort of 2016 cycle. Of like transgression for its own sake, I think Angela Nago called them like rape Gramscians. yeah. Like ship posting, troll culture. I think ship posting has gotten more sophisticated out of necessity and out of the fact that the most like the most like edgier people um, have been relegated to places like Gab and Telegram and uh, Odyssey. And I think that in a one in one sense, in one sense, this is controversial, man. It does provide a bit of a like um, a cleaning up of like the worst offenders and people that like even Keith Woods mentioned this in his recent video about the, the uh, groups of the online right. Yeah um, about like, you know, some of the worst most like nihilistic people or like some of those juvenile like edge posters that talk about you know very like depraved things. Um, in some ways it's good that they have like their little containment area. But because I having interacted with some of them, they're very destructive people. They're very like, oh yeah, and there's some bad seeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can never please them. You're never edgier enough, you know. But I do think the problem is that you have edgier people that were prolific posters that got clipped, but their ideas were amazing. But yet, yeah, because they allowed themselves the space to transgress norms, um, I mean, we can all go down the list right like you know john Winthrow or bob who else am i thinking of amran peter griffin uh, like like oh yeah people who were like edge posters but they were very high iq about it like even people yeah. like hakan mm-hmm. um like everyone everyone remembers the iconic like turmeric monster tweet like come on everyone does right but so that is unfortunate so it's always a give and take like unfortunately we're given the hands that we're like, we're given the cards we're dealt with. And we have to realize that we are, we do exist on enemy territory. I mean, that's just a fact. I mean, they're all going to come for us one day, unfortunately. Um, I I'm shocked actually that I haven't been clipped yet. Um, But I mean, I feel like there's a way you can sort of swim under in the undertow without, but then again, I mean, who knows? I mean, if they, if, if they've gridded you out as a certain, you know, as a certain dissident, as a certain sort of contagion, um, they want you gone, you're gone, right? Like Keith Woods, great example. He had superior OPSEC to everybody, but they wanted him gone for obvious right. reasons, right? Because Keith Woods is a powerful voice. So yeah. if they, so Twitter gave him some bullshit excuse about like manipulation or whatever, right? Like it's, it doesn't matter, right? Because if, if you are the biggest blade of grass, you get, the, you get the weed whacker, you know Like that's, that is very unfortunate But, um, and I don't Really have a solution for that
1: I don't that's, think anyone yeah. One Potential solution is that When you get bigger, you start To make friends, and yeah. then You know, you, if, if You're like truly someone who Is like, they're gonna put, bring the band hammer Down on over and over, like Keith Woods, yeah, you're, you're Gonna have trouble finding your way back But like I think one of the most valuable things and one of the kind of things everyone should strive for is start off and on, make friends. And once yeah. you have friends, you can always come back.
0: I yeah. think that the purpose is not, um, okay, people, uh, they, they think that, okay, why is it they don't press the nuke and get rid of all of us like Facebook has done or whatever, right? Because the purpose of waves is not that. The purpose of bandwaves is to sow fear, FUD. What is it called, FUD? Um, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So if you manage to cap the engagement of people that you've deemed verbotent, but you've also managed to get rid of their strongest voices or their most subversive voices, that is a way of weeding out the influence of certain groups. It's better, though, in the long run than completely destroying everybody way that facebook has done or other places because you've managed to create a little skinner box where you've given them just enough hope that one day they could be like a you know prolific poster but when you scatter the ranks and they've had to sort you've had to sort of diffuse yourself to other platforms and it's 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 such a long slog to build up your quote-unquote brand that in a way to frustrate rather than destroy and erase is even more effective. Because now you have, because remember, Twitter, the algorithm is based on on controversy. It's based on engagement, right? Now, I know that they place people in little categories. For example, if you quote tweet a blue check, it's very rare that they'll actually see it unless they're seeking it out. Um, the algorithm has sort of a magical way of slotting people. But at the same time, if you can generate enough controversy and give people the illusion that you can exist on a platform, that is way better than the Facebook model. The Mark Zuckerberg model is that you're gone. You can't post certain things. It's over. Right. Notice how no, I mean, there are some people though, there are some people that exist on tiktok have I've been made aware of this by my friends that there's dissidents on TikTok and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a whole though, as creating, a concisive slice of it, the way that frog Twitter, and then later, I guess you would say the distant, right? Or whatever created a slice of Twitter for ourselves. That's never gonna happen on TikTok or Facebook or whatever. I mean, maybe DM groups, right? Maybe Facebook groups, but like, you're just subject to a different standard because those platforms are not meant for discourse. They're meant for other, I mean, maybe TikTok, but they're meant for other things, at least in my estimation. And I mean, let's face the discourse on TikTok is abysmal. So like, Uh, yeah, Yeah.
2: God. No, interesting. But as you sort of noted, there is a, I do think there's kind of a way to swim under the undertow uh, on Twitter and kind of not get bad. I mean, it seems like you're very adept at, as we mentioned earlier, the kind of different levels of, being semi-anonymous here, uh, not saying this yeah. thing there, having the multiple platforms, having a paywall on Patreon and saying more spicy stuff behind that Telegram, saying more spicy stuff. Like for example, on your Twitter, and don't take this. I hope this doesn't sound like a, a, a bad thing, but on your Twitter, you're very, <laughs> you're very, you seem like a nice guy on Twitter. You know, yeah, yeah. You're not. Um. I think that's that helps, as you said with Keith Woods. If they really wanted you gone, they'd find a reason. But it does seem like you you do a good job of you know you when you go to your account, it, it looks like it's mostly an art account. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. Which I mean, I have to get better at, I mean, I've had no time to, I have a lot of things that I haven't published yet in terms of prints and all that, but um, I'm, I'm starting to slowly, I'm getting help from Matthew and other people to start like um, getting ready to sell my artwork directly because I've just been lazy with, uh, I have a website, just I've been lazy with it. You know, I've been, yeah, I don't know. I've, I I feel like leaving BTR, like sorry, leaving follow the rules has really <laughs> g- g- give me a kick in the ass in terms of um, but yeah, you know, definitely. I think like um, I mean, I've I've always experienced heat with certain people, um, which is funny. I'm actually coming off the heels of getting totally obliterated by a certain poster, but me and him behind the scenes, I can't say anything right now because I haven't recorded the episode, but um. I'm going to have the last laugh because so I've, I've, uh, this person has agreed to come on my podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> so I've yeah. won in that engagement um, because sometimes you have to take your lumps because sometimes people like, like, you know, I mean to get a lot of it for my weight and all that, but like some people just rashly don't like you. I mean, that's, yeah. but I've, I've experienced, like, I I think because I'm totally paranoid, not of people that are in these circles. Cause I know there's certain people that don't like me, I'm more afraid of, like, getting dogpiled, especially by ironists. If you find a left ironist, like a Chapo person, just ban- just block them right off the bat. Yeah. Just block them. Make sure that um, you have their network blocked because I noticed that as soon as the eye of Sauron of the irony leftists, if they get on you, then those are the people that can get you banned. Those are yeah. the people that can get rid of you because they know people in Twitter. Um, recently, my good friend Amy Therese they wanted to get rid of her for years. They recently got rid of her because she offended a certain very powerful group in Twitter, a certain very powerful identity group that you can <laughs> So I mean I, I reserve telegram like for spicier rants on things. yeah because, no it,
2: yeah. it seems like a, a good way to be yeah, especially um, when
0: it comes to a certain um, people with a certain paraphilia, what um,
2: <laughs> they say
0: is an identity You really can't question, like on Twitter I'm going to tell you this right now There are good people like my friend Yurk Who I, for some miracle Has not been, you know he Yurk and like Lo-Fi Republican And other people, yeah. they've hit these people Harder than anyone else But for some reason, I don't know why Me, because they the way that they word Things is different, but I'm going to Tell you this right now People that are on that certain gender spectrum that have a T in the name, don't even bother trying to offend them because you're going to get banned. Because on Twitter, they have the, uh, the, 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 the Janissary, Tranissaries, uh, the, the Tranny <laughs> Jannies. Um, they, uh, they, on Twitter, they have them. It's real. Bronze Age Pervert even wrote about it. Do not just, whatever you do, 100%. if you value your account, it's not worth it. It's not My worth it. Yeah my
1: old account when I first got more based and got on in like the early twenty twenties, got new oh, yeah. for a, a tranny joke yeah <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I, I mean I said much worse things I uh, yeah I yeah. thought it was funny everyone I was actually replying to like a dirtbag left guy and like you know I got oh. a bunch of likes and there like but, but we, we both got banned and <laughs> that guy's gone now and yeah. uh, my old account is gone but that's yeah. good because like I have my new account and I'm, mm. I'm wiser and yeah you know yeah. less bold <laughs> no, so it's
0: unfortunate but it's true yeah
2: so is there any i don't know white pills is the wrong word what, what do you what do you make of the situation i don't even i'm not even completely up to date on this but in, the elon musk possibly now paused i'm hearing not paused p-o-z-z paused <laughs> in the traditional sense. The, the paused
0: uh elon takeover of Twitter. <laughs> man i, I wish I, this is still his here.
1: girlfriend choice
0: right um uh, well, I guess God. having sex with Grimes is like having sex with a man. I guess. <laughs> I
1: well, one degree of separation from Chelsea Manning.
2: So. One degree of separation from who?
1: Chelsea Manning. Oh, right. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. Um. No, uh, Once
1: Bradley. I don't know. Is that? <laughs> the is that Elon
0: like, thing. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I
2: don't know what I, to make of it either, but I'm just curious. Yeah.
0: If he's just doing a shit post, do you think?
2: That or like whether he'll actually have any real power. Again, I'm not even up to date on the latest news, whether it's even going to be a thing or not. But
0: I think like some people are like doom posting about him, like watching on the deal. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that you can't expect a savior. I think you can't expect a Silicon Valley daddy to come about and be like, oh, oh, we're going to all your, like, we're going to make this the right wing equivalent of like wholesome Chungus. Like, you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to post F slurs and N word in a gamer words to journalists. It's going to be amazing. You're going to go back to like 2013 Twitter. Um, no, that's not going to happen. I think that even if Elon takes over, it will be months and months and months before he actually sorts house. And even by then, um, I think the only thing that could come out of it would be a more transparent TOS and a more transparent algorithm as to who gets banned or not. But like the whole, the hope that like, I remember when Elon did his acquisition that night was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the amazing people came back. They all started yeah. posting gamer words and in <laughs> edits with the Austrian painter. And like, <laughs> I remember, I'll never forget this. It was Frentenal, Frentenal that posted this edit of like, um, I guess some art house film where they, it was like, um, like Nazi Germany, but like a first person perspective like camera. And someone took the footage of like the SS stormtroopers going through the town as a parade and put that, that, that th- <laughs> the thin Lizzie song, the boys are back in town. It's like all my Twitter friends are coming. The boys are back in town. And ah. I remember I watched that over and over again. I'm like, oh my God, like hold off guys, hold off, Cool down. You know, don't be so eager because yeah. like...
2: Well, it was assumed... an interesting <laughs> moment with yeah. that because I was like there's no way because Elon hadn't taken it over yet but it seemed like people were like getting their accounts back but I think that was kind of an illusion people were just coming back and saying yeah people
0: were coming it. back yeah
2: yeah. But it, it, but it created a sense where like it, I don't know it was a cool moment it felt like maybe yeah. something real was going on it felt on.
0: genuine it, felt, it felt, felt the first time yeah
2: yeah and I think you know Bap's take on it as often as the case was, was very good uh, he you know basically said like this is not a savior Elon coming back but it's, it's 2016 energy it's Trump energy yeah <laughs> You know, anyone who really thought, you know, he was going to, quote unquote, save the country, probably a little naive, but it's just he pisses off yeah. the right people. Same with Elon. I don't know how yeah. demonstrably better he'll make Twitter, but, it you know, he pisses off the right people. Uh, he's a good figurehead. Uh, yeah, I
0: think I think yeah. the problem is that um, in some ways it 2016 really like released a time warp in the sense that. It kind of was like the right wing hippie movement. Um,
2: right, there, you wrote there was about this that. Great, yeah.
0: yeah, there was this great metaphor quote, Minoquion Four, mm-hmm. where he said that something along the lines of like 2016 is our curse and our blessing. We're you know cursed to relive it over and over and over again, or rather, relive the anticipation of having another 2016 moment. And I feel that that is in a way an anchor upon the right wing online. I think that it is like a good moment to have, but when you constantly live in the wake of a nostalgic moment, then it's kind of like millennial, like us millennial walls as a whole, right? Like it's, yeah, we're constantly living, living in the wake of a nostalgic moment and we're sort of like an addict trying to chase the dragon, right? Like, you know, chase the cherry high. It's like, that's going to lead to more frustration. And it also sort of, I think, Negates the actual political realities That we're living in right now I mean think of it this way Like how is it long has it been five almost six years Since Trump like 2016 yeah.
2: Crazy like, yeah th-
0: Like the, the the amount of time that's I guess because of like the digitalization Of life between Trump's Election night and now Is like almost f- Seems like a thousand centuries has gone by Right like,
2: mm-hmm. like a century sure. has
0: gone by And um, I feel Like the like the one end you want to resist the sort of like, because I'm consciously aware of the fact, like some people would take my message as being like, you know, your your optics cucking or whatever. Like, and yeah, in a sense I have optics, <laughs> optics cucking, but like, you know, even that term is like irrelevant now, but like, I, I do feel that in, in one sense, it is true that you have to capitulate to having the optics of like someone who is an offensive or whatever, but at the other's time, the other the other sense is that I find that to be a great tragedy because I feel that if ship posting is done right, and if sort of transgressing norms is serving a purpose, I feel that that has a place. But there are people that just want to like you know post merchant memes or whatever, post gamer words, and that's like very juvenile, and that's not going to do anything. Like I mean, it, it may offend somebody, it may like take like a wine ant and like make them you know put them in a tailspin, but like. In terms of like a whole, like if you take a good like high IQ shit poster like John Winthrop, like we still talk about his tweets to this day. Menequon four, we still talk about his mm-hmm. tweets because they have a sort of a mind there. Yeah. Whereas but they were transgression. Like there they posted like I forget which one, I think it was even Mike Ma. The posted total gamer word heat death or whatever. Remember that one? Like no, like- I wasn't even. I'm not even. I don't go back <laughs>
2: as far, you know. But I know about. I think even case in point. Yeah, yeah. I was. I wasn't really on Twitter until like 2017, 2018. But yeah. I, I. But I know about these guys, and I know about what they tweeted because of the the reasons you're saying. Uh, there's there's a memory that out. You know, even for people who weren't there for it. Yeah.
0: Well, that's why I really loved my interview with Trash World Citizen because some of his bangers. I mean, people talk about for this to this day like the one that i mentioned was um i am a dog in america is the car that's in the summer heating up <laughs>
4: you know <laughs> like I'm, <laughs> t- yeah. I'm a dog
0: trapped in the car heating up or the the most iconic contribution from trash world um when he was known as echo autist was we're fucking things up that cannot easily be unfucked mm-hmm. yeah like that is immortal like i've seen that every i've heard I've seen it the- and yeah, yeah i wasn't yeah. again
2: wasn't on twitter but it's like yeah i've, I've heard the the sentiment I've probably seen a screen, yeah. you know, grab or even like um,
0: BAP, right? Like, I mean, oh, of
2: course, yeah,
0: you know, you well, you go, you enjoy taste, you go to wine bar and you enjoy taste, tasteful banter <laughs> you, are gay. you are gay, like, yeah, that,
2: yeah. Iconic, yeah. you know, or Thomas. Like, Th- this is more recent, but Thomas Seven, the Snorlax. The snorlax yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite tweets. Women yeah, don't get yeah. that,
1: by the way. I-, I showed it to uh someone I know, and she was just like, "Well, why is this funny?" You have to really... <laughs> the snorlax. Is, you really it's hilarious. Have to, you really have you to are... take
2: uh, a deep look into the abyss of like uh, zoomer male sexuality. Yeah, but if you if you a do frog. take that gaze into the to the abyss of zoomer male sexuality, it will make Perfect sense. I mean, at the second I heard, it, I was like, "Yeah, I think I know a few people who pine." I I wanted to acts. do
0: a stream. I knew we alluded to it. Um, I forget who it was. It may have been default. Um, what what is Zoomer sexuality like nowadays? Not that I know. I've sort of skipped. So many
2: epochs of 2010. Uh, I, well, you know, a default <laughs> would be uh, a better person to give you like a theory. of Thirty-six.
1: It. So yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty far
2: removed
0: from. you'd cop a charge if you.
2: Close to it. I'm I'm a I'm a millennial, but I, you know I, I know I know some I have I have Gen Z friends, and uh, and I'm not even saying this applies to the people I know who are Gen Z, but just in my my estimation, it's just it's a very damaged. Generation yeah. not that not that my yeah. generation isn't damaged in its own way too. Well, uh, we have our just, own unique damage too. We have our own yeah. unique damage, but I mean the, the critical difference between you know p- p- we were maybe exposed to por- pornography at like twelve or thirteen. They were you know they had access even younger. That could be one way of looking at it. Yeah, uh, it just it's just very very digital. Very you know post COVID. Uh, I don't want to. I'm not the best theorist of Gen Z sexuality, but the whole Snorlax of it all. I think it's. I think you have a lot of confused messaging and, and 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 people who i obviously this doesn't most people have n- normal sexualities but i do yeah, think there's a little yeah. bit of that like uh sort of um what's the word my little pony type thing it's like, <laughs> and furries it's like there's there's this weird digitization <laughs> yeah. well, of sexuality and overlap with like hentai and i don't know being attracted to cartoons it's i mean that's
1: very and like that's like maybe some of what's going on with the men and you know other ones maybe it's inflected by porn or more so by culture you have a lot of you know uh, the men who think they're women and um, you know you have that but uh, you know among women it's like there's a crazy amount of them who are going trans
4: yeah, yeah. Who are becoming,
1: yeah. becoming men which is the craziest fucking shit because it's like you know being a man is actually you know not that easy there's you know, a lot of you know like so so like if you are a woman, who
0: wants to, who be, wants a to nowadays, be a man
1: it's like you're gonna be a bootlegged man well that's that's not really very good you're not even gonna uh, be a you know <laughs> yeah a good man
2: <laughs> there are gender issues and then again i'll leave this topic before too long because again i'm not i'm no expert on it default fred would have probably more uh pronounced thoughts but like i think that yeah there's there's some gender there's a lot of gender stuff and then there's also like age stuff if this makes oh. any sense i think a lot of gen z like feel i don't know what it is it's like they feel like they missed out on their childhood in some way yeah so it gets inflected they all want to be like babies or something uh not again not obviously this doesn't apply to everyone but you going back to the snorlax of it all like, i know a lot of it's like again not necessarily all gen z but like there's this sense of like nostalgia for like their childhood cartoons and stuff that like can even get inflected in sexuality yeah in a weird yeah. way uh again it's the damage of adults that so i'm not ready for the adult world the adult but and, you know and you know i feel bad for them once well, like, millennials it,
0: have that as well but not yeah. in, like a dramatic i feel like it's more I think dramatic
1: millennial yeah. nostalgia is nostalgia for a time before the internet our childhoods oh, yeah it's yeah. a nostalgia yeah. for the we were the last people to live in the real world and exactly so it's a, it's a nostalgia for are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. It's a nostalgia for like playing in the street, you know, stickball, whatever. Yeah. It's a nostalgia for like going to the bowling alley. And
0: uh, yeah, that's why uh, so the liminal space compilations are so mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah.
1: It's a nostalgia for not being able to look at, you know, the hardcore pornography whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. Because ah. like, your, your fantasy life was like so like i mean, okay we were all teenagers but like in any case it was just way more like you'd fantasize about that girl in your class you'd fantasize yeah. about that glimpse of you know a tit that you got right and like when she bent over yeah when she
0: bent over her skirt yeah. It, yeah
1: whereas like now it's just like oh yeah you know I just fire up uh you know porn and <laughs> you know no we
0: well, uh, came there firing up uh you know uh what's any what's the hentai site um i don't know <laughs> oh man i don't even know ex or whatever <laughs> like <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> oh man
0: oh fuck no but it's true i think like the millennial has very unique pathologies on themselves because of like being in this constant like crossover generation um but like the zoomer i think like they've, they're a total sort of their minds are totally grafted towards hyper reality. Yeah, oh, yeah, you, you summed it up well.
2: That's what I was trying to get at earlier. Minds grafted towards hyper reality, and whether that takes the the form of gender shape shifting or a, yeah. sort of age shape shifting, it's it's that it's 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 hyper reality, and it's it's hyper reality kind of crossing over sexuality. I think well, that's the essence yeah. of the Storlax, uh yeah. thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, we could go all day on that. But yeah, let's. If you want to move on. Sure, know. sure, sure. Move on to Snorlax.
2: Well, I want to go back. I, you know, I got distracted by this fucking uh, car call that I got. Uh, um, but I don't. So we were talking about Passage Prize. We were talking about art. Um, and uh, we, I definitely, I really enjoyed your your, 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 your kind of, you know, right. You, you write on Substack in a way that's more like the way that I do. Like uh, you don't write like tons of you don't write like a weekly short blog like you write like long form content which I appreciate. I
0: want to do the weekly thing, but I notice that every art, time I yeah. try to do it, it's like oh I want to add so
2: much more, and then I get fucking that's exactly what I, it's like. Don't
0: wall yeah. And I you
2: know what I, I accept I think on one hand it's good to just get stuff out there, but on the other hand like if if you if you work better in long form like there's no reason to yeah you know that's that's just how you work. But anyway, really enjoyed your piece right wing art and impossibility. And I have a couple basic bitch uh, questions going off of it, uh, starting with. Uh, and I, I read the piece, so I have my own interpretation of what you said. I don't remember
0: half of it. So that was kind of me writing in the days, <laughs> uh, me writing in like a shotgunning it, but like, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Go. How would, how,
2: so very simply, how would you define quote unquote right wing art?
0: Well, I think that's my point is that I can't define. <laughs> um, sure. No, sure. I
2: th- Fair yeah, answer. I th- yeah.
0: I think that um, the piece was trying to say about how, um, if, if the right wing wants to get back to an integral whole and sort of like, I wouldn't even want to say pre-modern because there is sort of certain modernist tendencies that are getting more popular on the right wing. Yeah. But I feel that when it comes to like art as a movement, now that we've surpassed the age of the art movement, we're in sort of like hyper-modernity or post-modernity, whatever you want to call it. Um, I feel that an explicit right wing aesthetics um what did i argue in that one it's not yeah. it, it's not that it's an impossibility it's that the movement that would require is dealing with sort of or it's it's an engagement with ordinary life in a way uh-huh. that doesn't have a sort of quote-unquote special um, special conceptual framework in, in towards approaching everyday life the way that if you read um, Berger's book, uh, Theory of the Avant-Garde, where he talks about how the, um, the Avant-Garde and the Surrealists, how they wanted to bring art into ordinary life. Um, with the right wing, there very much is, uh, there are other entities in the background. There is religion, there is race, there's other things that require the content of the right wing work of art to not yeah. frame itself in in like this is an explicit ray-wing movement because there has been like i mean there's culture movements there's frog twitter for instance there's like but those are very much an avant-garde in a different way they're they're avant-garde of discourse there yes there are memes there's an aesthetic there's an image but when it comes to the actual making of the work of art uh there's a difference there because you are no you you were trying to like bring things up to a higher concept instead of lowering things down to like everyday life.
2: Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it, it, it does. And uh, what a couple pull pullout quotes I had from, from the Substack piece yeah. was, uh, and this is actually, this is more of a, um this is a paraphrase more than a quote, but you said that right-wing aesthetics always already exist within sentiments and affects outside of themselves, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, People, you know, it's a little, It's a, you're a bit of a theory guy, which I am too, so no shame. But to unpack that, my, to unpack my interpretation of that, and you can tell me if I'm totally off base here. Um, but basically that art that is right wing or could be described as right wing or the type of right wing art that we would want to advocate more so than mere propaganda it is art that appeals to certain sentiments and affects out that are that are not in themselves explicitly political or right wing but that are the yeah. types of things that right wing again define philosophically as someone oriented towards hierarchy oriented towards greatness oriented towards the divine um these sentiments and affects exist outside of politics you know if you want to look at and i know you talk a lot about this if you want to look at the history of religious art that all mm. of that, and there's some, I guess, quasi-lefty religious art, but to bracket that, yeah. like yeah. most of it could be described broadly as sort of right-wing, or at least having a right-wing appeal, because it is oriented towards divinity.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: and then if you want to talk about, and you, you know, you you've painted like bodybuilders and such and that sort of Bapian aesthetic, you know, that that too oriented towards um greatness, oriented towards strength. So uh it's not even that complicated of a thing but like basically that was kind of my read on, on what you're saying is that right-wing art if, if you're if you're focusing too much on like this is political art you've already kind of missed the boat what it really is about is creating right. art that embodies right-wing what you know quote and i say quote-unquote right-wing values because the values aren't intrinsically they're so much bigger than politics but they right. are the type of thing that the right-wing at its best um you know that appeals to the right uh and again just boiling down to oversimplify a bit to hierarchy greatness divinity order you know Uh,
0: yeah exactly that's 100 correct i think that i i think the difference is that when i say words like you know hierarchy and wholeness and divinity and and sort of like the totalizing picture of society i think that there has been sort of right-wing millenarian movements but they've been right-wing in a very particular sense like the you know the fascists the italian futurists when nick land is doing right like i mean Broadly speaking, the right wing, to me, anyways, is purporting values that already exist, mm-hmm. but have been cloaked by time and by history and by certain developments coming out of European history, in particular. Um, th- throughout the the global south, it may be different, um, but you know, sort of similar.
2: Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. I think the values that we strive for, they already exist. They're already there. I mean, it's just realizing them. It's very, it's very Mahayana in a way, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, you know, um, through Dharma, you will realize that Nirvana is already there. Um, Exactly. Whereas the left wing, they have to create an artifice. So their art and aesthetics, you know, shit that I've been studying for years, they have to provoke the creation in tandem with the ideology that is giving them a roadmap towards what they conceive of as not a picture of an already existing integral self but the creation of a new man.
2: Yes, uh, yeah. I mean I'm sure you're familiar with this because I know you quote Benjamin. I remember this from my critic. and I, you know, I, I don't know how you feel about Benjamin. I, I, I am yeah, not yeah, I'm not in agreement with him politically, but you know, I think he said things in a way that was, I think he's a good he's a good thinker to read. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. and I'm sure you're familiar with his, you know, the thesis of the philosophy of history and Paul Clay's uh, Angel.
0: Yes, yes, um, yes.
2: Is that not and tell me if I'm wrong, is that not an example of sort of left-wing art or a left-wing reading of art par excellence because as I recall it's like it's the angel who just sees one great catastrophe, you know, it's it's a very abstract painting and it's almost The wreckage like,
0: of history. The wreckage of yeah. history.
2: It's all bad whatever and this is was my professor's reading of like the whole frankfurt school is like whatever whatever is good is outside of everything like it's this yeah this messy and not to get too like you know tinfoil hat about jews or something because i'm really not but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like yeah, um, yeah. this this whole notion of like um the met you know the the the, the messiah it has to be something totally outside yes. of this yeah. wreckage of i mean look for better or worse that is what benjamin said and um I think that's a good example of like a sort of left-wing art where it's, it it, it is, you know, ultimately we're all looking for something quote unquote good uh, and maybe even divine, but like the left, the, the, the broadly, like almost meta left-wing version of that is looking for some, looking for that outside of everything. So you have a very abstract thing like Paul Clay's, the angel, and then Benjamin's interpretation thereof. That's like left-wing. Whereas right-wing art is you know the religious iconography or painting bodybuilders stuff that is good in a much more concrete sense, like yeah. The, yeah. yeah, I mean that's where the yeah, it's like it's almost like the the higher the 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 more abstract version of like a very basic sort of right wing talking point of like common sense and like just the stuff that seems good is good. Like that's actually like kind of kind of a right wing value on a day to day level. But then even with like something higher culture with art, it's like you know the good is the beautiful. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think the problem is that you're competing with two things. One in the sense is that you're competing with Italian futurism that has a totally, that disrupts this chain that I'm saying. And I mentioned this, I think in somewhere like the Italian Futurists, they disrupt this chain. I wrote an essay a long time ago about the Italian Futurists, but the other end is that I think that you can't devolve right, quote unquote, right-wing art or the lack thereof into just repetitive catch where it becomes like Thomas Kincaid paintings of like Disney mm-hmm. cottages and, like wholesome chungus crap I think that good art should have an, a more Im, impact on the senses that um, If you're dealing with the direct engagement with being itself there should be something there than a self-contained world where you're sort of like weirdo um, return to 1950s housewife fantasy Is like satiated I think like yeah. there's something deeper there but let me read you actually because I, I wanted to write part of my series which i have to get back from doing but again podcasting takes up all my time um i wanted to write uh mentioning clee's angel by benjamin about um right-wing futurism uh so this is a section this is from the fifth section um where let me see Where is it? yeah okay so um the true picture of the past flirts flits by flits by flits by Ugh. The past can be seized only as an image which flashes up as an instant when it can be recognized and it can never be seen again. The truth will now run away from us. And the historical outlook of historicism, those words of, of Godfried Keller mark the exact point where the historical materialism cuts through historicism. For every image of the past that is not recognized by the present as one of its own concerns threatens to disappear irretrievably, irrecoverably. The good tidings which the historian of the past brings with throbbing heart may be lost in a void the very moment he opens his mouth. To articulate the past historically does not mean to recognize it uh, the way it really was. It means to seize hold of a memory as it flashes up at the most dangerous, uh, sorry, as a moment of danger. Historical materialism wishes to retain that image of a past which unexplicitly appears to man singled out by the history of the moment of danger. The danger affects both the content and the tradition as it receives. The same thread hangs over both that of becoming a tool of the ruling class in every era the attempt. So again, Benjamin is talking about fascist art as like mm-hmm. the historical past becoming a tool of the ruling class. But of course we like that because it's based Um, <laughs> the truth. Well, not the current ruling class. And so following on, he says the tradition of the oppressed teaches us the state of emergency in which we live is not to the exception, but a rule. So again, he's talking about like, you know, Schmidt, we must attain to a concept of history that is key keep, uh, keeping with the insight that we shall clearly realize that is our task to bring about a real state of emergency and it will improve their position and struggle against fascism, blah, blah, blah. One reason why fascism change uh, has a change is that in the name of progress, it opposes its opponents treated it as a historical norm. The current amazement that the things we are experiencing are still possible in the 20th century is not philosophical. This amazement is not the beginning of knowledge, uh, blah, blah, blah. So, um, Clee's mm-hmm. painting, Angel Nova shows an angel looking through, uh, Though he is about to move away from something he is fixed cont- contemplating, his eyes are staring, his mouth open, his wings are spread. Um, he is one picture the angel of history. His face is turned towards the past when we perceive chain of events. He sees one single catastrophe which keeps piling wreckage, curls it from his feet. The angel would like to stay awake in the dead and make whole what has been smashed. Kind of like what we're trying to do. Um, but mm-hmm. a storm is blowing from paradise. It has got caught in his wings with such a violent Violence of the yeah. angel can no longer uh, close them. The storm irresistibly propels him into the future to which he is back is turned. with the piling of debris before him grows skyward? The storm is what we call progress. So, I mean, I think that with Benjamin, I mean, he articulates like the leftist, I mean, I guess the sort of dialectical materialist view of history. But he I does think. Does it? That,
2: yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead sorry no you can keep on but he does it in such a cl- that's why I like Benjamin even though I did, despite disagreeing with him politically yeah is he does write very clearly I think he's very he gets kind of the to the heart of what I you could kind of call it a hatred of life in like a yeah. Nietzschean <laughs> sense yeah and, you know yeah. there are people who are born into circumstances whatever uh that where where I can sort of see why they end up hating life uh, as as you know that, that sort of slave morality, so to speak, uh, not to get too Nietzschean about it, but it's, you know, if you're, if you're dealing with one thinker who's articulating that hatred of life so clearly, you know, the other thinker yeah. to, to pull out would be Nietzsche. And um, yeah, I found what you said interesting about like sort of the notion of right-wing art as a sort of dharma or like right-wing values in a, in a, in a sort of broader spiritual or philosophic sense. You're, you're trying to find what's already there. You're trying to, right. I think in a sense, affirm life affirm what is good about reality and nature uh i think these are these are bigger philosophical things but i think that is kind of what it means to be right wing and what it would mean to make right wing art is to make a affirmative art
0: but but then benjamin he warns of the dangers of this because that's inherently fascistic and that's like to venerate the past in such a way as to capture the image of the past and to hold it up as a symbol that is like terribly like, like at the end of the essay, his famous essay, um, art in the age of mechanical reproduction. Mm. He like, he affirms the lack of the aura. He says there's new potential for an instrumentalization of art towards the bringing of this reconciliation of history. But in fact, the right wing goes, there is nothing to reconcile because the conquest of empires, we go, you know, we say giga Chad. Yes. You know, like,
2: yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's it's it's, a, it's 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 like you're the the paul clay's angel and you see the the wreckage of history and you say yes
0: imagine giga chad <laughs> going to the right next to yeah like, you know those texts with like uh that those people from that anime forum right like it's like giga chad next to like the guy from the nexium cult or whatever yeah. it's like imagine like the clee's angel going we can't reconcile the past we have to reconcile the past we can't hold the imaging giga chad goes what is there to reconcile? Like, exactly. Think, yeah. yeah. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, these are.
2: This is like. These are philosophical sort of waters, but like there is that. I think that is there is that basic. There's that basic uh, thing of 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 the right wing as a, as a in, of something very affirmative of power structures and reality, the left wing as something that um. You know, tries to find a way out, around it or outside it. That more yeah. sort of quasi. But, but
0: not a blind affirmation,
2: though not a blind affirmation because then
0: you get some like weird weirdo, like NATO wave crap from from people. I'm not going to mention, but like, you know, um, weirdo, like, well, the neoliberal order is based because they're in power and they really know about will to power. And like, let's face the contemporary left. Like what does that other person say? uh, The -hmm. best friend of the thinker of irony's logo. Um, He says like, (sighs) yeah, you know, like, yeah, like those people, the, the left, they're the true Nietzscheans. And they have the will to power. And we, we're just a bunch of wholesome chungus retards that are trying to capitulate to something that's not going to exist anymore. Like, if you yeah. like, that's like literally the nuclear black pill that provokes yeah. you to posting NATO wave images and saying that those that power in the east, that it's hopeless because the fucking Raytheon keeps giving the blue and yellow country a bunch of Stinger missiles. <laughs> so
1: it's like, yeah, yeah, no, so, it's, total it's, it's, black it's, pill. Not, it's not about a, power, right? It's about beauty. So, yeah, you know, with yeah. the veneration of power, like power can be ugly. Power can be, exactly. you know, if, but if you are, if your North star is a beautiful woman or is like a, uh, a beautiful landscape or whatever, that, that is always going to be, um, you know, I mean, at least at this moment in time, it will be right wing.
0: Mm-hmm. It's coded that way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But that's what I mean. Like, it's not just like power as a property is not like um, there are certain right wingers that it's just the blind worship of power. And they ended up, like I say, mentally contorting themselves. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Mentally contorting themselves into like basically supporting and like being a cheerleader for the regime. But I don't know, like that's uh, that that I think requires a, a it requires a different set of standards i think that a lot of those people um like especially if you don't have a foundation in any sort of metaphysics then you can like very easily mean yourself into just worshiping power blindly yeah you know
2: no, it can't as you said it can't just be an affirmative thing and that's where and i know you are on the same page about this like that's where i think it is important to read the frankfurt school to read yeah, benjamin yeah. to yeah. read foucault and i want to ask you a little bit about your interest in foucault in a second um I, I find these people for as reprehensible as some of their politics are and as just cringe as some of their shit is too, yeah. d- d- you know, d- even like a Freud or, or even a Marx Um, and, and Nietzsche kind of does a different, a more open, you know, more right-wing version of this, but that whole digging into reality and Jung does this too. And I know you're something of a Jungian, yeah. that whole method, that whole sort of master of suspicion, quote unquote way of, um, Digging into reality, trying to uncover sort of power dynamics in society. Uh, even left wingers who do that, like you know, uh, you know, Marx. What was a lot of it's it's you know uh, Mussolini, others have, have said as much. Marx wasn't wrong about everything. You know, no, some Marx- some of his ana- analysis of capital, for example, and of the power dynamics therein was correct. It's just a question of, do you kind of have a solely critical relationship to that or solely affirmative? And in reality, we're always somewhere in between. Like you, you have to be critical of it at times in you, if you're critical of it, you can, you know, subvert it like that. Being critical is important, but what you get with something like the Frankfurt school. And even I think Foucault in a sort of more biopolitical sense is like a spiritualization of the criticism itself, where their whole, their whole thing becomes about criticizing reality and that it almost develops this spiritual element where it's like yeah messianism you know we need something from outside to save us but right. you can you can kind of use the tools of that criticism to to understand the world better and to you know to to change the world in line with with which we would want while right. still being right of the right where you don't you do ultimately think you know there is goodness and affirmative things in the universe whether it's god or or whatever else. Um, don't really know where I was going with that, but basically, that yeah, you can. Th- there is a value to criticism, even of an ostensibly left-wing variety. But you yeah, can use it yeah. basically to right-wing or, or traditionalist yeah. ends. I feel like that's kind of the wavelength you're on a little bit. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, it was philosophically. Definitely. I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and if not, I mean, if anything, that's what their em- enemies believe, anyways. So it's <laughs> like, yeah, they and they have the the ability and the sort of resources and power. To manifest that into the world I mean this is why Foucault is such an interesting thinker because in some ways he didn't um, you can never have a truly right-wing Foucault but I think that <laughs> yeah yeah I mean for obvious reasons but I, I think that I mean he's even even philosophically not just like the other stuff like which shall you know remain nameless uh, I think even philosophically <laughs> he's too much of an individualist anarchist to really create Um A basis of like a true right-wing appropriation. Uh, but I think that when you I think him above all else has a very unique and useful critique of modern power knowledge than anything else, even like I think this is why even a figure like Moldbug struggles to like grapple with the cathedral or whatever, because there's no um sort of post-structuralist model there to address it if you're addressing like the sort of how he does in his very anglo legalistic system but i think that um even the frankfurt school like they're if it's not just that these thinkers provide useful tools for you conceptually it's that not only do our enemies believe it but they view it as a training manual. like even foucault now like i mean oh there was the the ross that article Mm, so the right wing taking yeah the right wing taking up foucault um but like you have thinkers like um for example, I, I know this because I, I was talking to uh, Jeffrey Schulenberger about this. Mm-hmm. Um, we did this online conference together, and uh, we were talking about Bratton, uh, how he responded in his book to uh, Giorgio Agamben during the pandemic, and how he has this vision of like positive biopower, and how like well actually the neoliberal order creating like a biopolitical apparatus out of like bare life, out of the concerns of the health of the populace. Due to a state of exception That he's like because we're like embodied Biological beings and because We can spread germs to each other Around the world it's like well actually You know it's kind of good That the neoliberal regime is doing this Because it's a positive Biopolitical development right but the Problem is that in Foucault there's an ambiguity there Because Foucault he's not like uh, You know Chomsky Called him the most amoral man for a reason Because he doesn't like despite what right-wingers think, he doesn't, like, affirm, like, oh, yes, you know, become trans, become this, become that. It's more of rather he always stays within that critical mode. And he really only very shortly near the end of his life, um, when he talks about, like, the care of the self or whatever, will he affirm a positive politics or a positive vision of the subject. But throughout his work, I mean, it's, it's very much like Nietzsche. It's very hard to, like, With Nietzsche, it's actually easier to see what he's affirming and what he's rejecting. But with like Foucault is the logical sort of next step for Nietzsche in that, you know, he takes on the mantle of genealogy. He takes on the mantle of, of, you know, seeing these upsurges throughout history. Whereas, um, so that's why he, like, he doesn't really affirm, if anything, like this has been the great frustration with certain people within queer theory, for example, the great frustration with Michel Foucault is that he doesn't like, he doesn't exactly say what he, they want him to say. And yeah. then they sort of like cope and seethe about it. Then they mistranslate him or misappropriate his writings to be like, yeah, he actually, he's saying like trans rights are human rights or whatever, which I mean, if he was live nowadays, he probably would say trans rights as human rights. But like, <laughs> he probably doesn't even, but... even believe in human rights as a concept. Like that's the thing. He is very much an anti-humanist. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. I haven't read him extensively, but that's always been my reading: is that he was, yeah. you know, influenced more, perhaps, more by Nietzsche than anyone else, and that yes. yeah, he's involved in. This is a, a little bit untrue, probably, because this is to bring a different thinker's language in, but sort of like a from Frankfurt School, sort of ended up with his negative dialectics again, mm. just kind of always being critical. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, um, Foucault is from that same broader sort of generation of thinkers where, yeah, as you said, he's very much involved in a negative, you know, getting, looking behind the surface of things, looking, looking behind the surface yeah. of everything type of framework. And what, you know, it doesn't really jive with anything like what modern progressivism is. Um, sort of the way that, you know, Foucault used Nietzsche, who, and I do, I do, I do think it's, I'm of the school of thought that it's inarguable that Nietzsche was a right-wing thinker. But Foucault was able to use his kind of dialect, you know, his kind of critical take on things towards, you know, whatever his ends were. It's like now the modern progressive left you try, you know, tries to use Foucault for their own purposes, but everyone's just in this process of, um, you know, taking the sort of critical tools of these thinkers without necessarily signing on to their. Affirmative vision, whatever that yeah. may or may not well, be.
1: I'm not as well read in Foucault as some, but my understanding is that he delineates a, a study of power structures and how they affect the individual person. Yeah, And so when that is something that you're studying <clears throat> and you, you lay out a system for how to analyze it, that's a tool and either side can use it. If, and and, you know, indeed as uh, Douthat said, and I think as uh, Jeff Schulenberger has suggested, it's a good tool for the right now because like the left is in charge. So, you know, use the weapons that we have. And if one weapon is a way to analyze power structures to show like, uh, so these values that you say are like transcendental, uh, these left liberal values, uh, actually you just shaped that society according to uh, this Foucaultian system. And like, well, you know, we can use it too.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing because power, what people don't understand is that with Foucault and Nietzsche, power is a generative force, not a repressive force only. It can repress, but power is a generative thing. The subject is created by power. That is what power knowledge is, right? Because what is um, the, the sort of, he, the way he describes it is that he, studies the lesions of power on the body in various ways. So it's not about like the repression of sexuality, the way that these trans people or whatever think it's more of the production of that sexuality that really matters. It's, it's
4: Hmm.
0: power creates the subject to Foucault. I mean, you can say that it it totally violates the notion by the way of like a true right-wing politics of like, that is an essentialism, which is that the subject is already ordained by us, either by God or through biology or for, through history yeah. to take your right-wing flavor. But at the same time, I think that to bracket that, you could say very easily that the modern subject is created by power and knowledge very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's inescapable. And I think that's why right-wingers hate Foucault is because, well, apart from <laughs> the other yeah. reasons why, but uh, you know um, I, I, I think that his system, like, it's like the stupid, like liberal, as much as I like him as a writer, um, my friend apex loves him. Like the Charles Taylor Foucault essay is terrible because he's like, what, well, how come Foucault can't give us an outside of power in terms of democratic action? It's like, that's like to say that there's an outside of power to Foucault is like totally missing the point. Like,
2: yeah.
0: I, yeah. So people don't yeah. understand that, you know?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but as you said, like, even if, if you have, you know, you may have a different right wing flavor take on you know what what makes a subject be it you know god biology whatever but the the the, again just to go back to the same point the critical toolbox that Foucault offers in terms of you know analyzing the way you know power creates and defines um a lot of it is true or there's at least a truth to it or at least gives you yeah
0: not totally but it's not totally true but
2: there's it it is a way that you can you know delve deeper into things And, and also it can be I think kind of flipped against the enemy, so to speak as well.
0: Yeah. Because their subjectivity is also creative of power.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Like, and then, yeah. you know, um, I mean, I don't know if you've read Justin Murphy's book based on Deleuze, but like there is oh, yeah, I've
0: read some of it. Yeah. yeah
2: it, it's good. Deleuze may be a little bit more of a, a slightly more, a slightly easier appropriation by the right than Foucault and by, by some of these others. But you know, there is that possibility there. I was, Pretty into critical theory just by virtue of being a philosophy major in college. And so, like, mm. when I first kind of got quote unquote red pilled, I was, I brought a lot of this into it. And it's always been clear to me that, like, as, for as lefty as a lot of these thinkers are, like, there really is the, 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 the you know, no one wants to be too much of a theory cell because it's really arcane. But at the same time, like, it is fertile ground. Because essentially, what all these people are, no matter how left wing, is they are all students of Nietzsche, who again yes. is the preeminent. Uh, you know, postmodernist right wing thinker, um, and, and I guess that you, you define yourself, Geo, as a postmodern rightist. And maybe it's oh yeah, round yeah. we've already covered. But how would how would you unpack that? Like, what does it mean to you to be a postmodern uh, rightist? I think
0: just the recognition that I have no like real hard and fast definition. I think it's more so that the recognition that in a certain postmodern condition that we're living in that there is no such thing as like an overcoming of it. There is no such cope as like metamodern, because metamodernism is a cope. Oh, yeah. And and our enemies have quite
2: become accustomed too. to. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our enemies have become quite accustomed to liking metamodernism, because as we know, the foundation of metamodernism is basically liberals trying to say that we can have sincerity again yeah that's what it is
2: you know it's david yeah. foster wallace who I, I don't hate dfw but it, it's, yeah. it's that kind of neo-sincere message which uh, it's even something as, as pop culture is like the office or something there's a sort of sincerity yeah, yeah. To that. not all bad it's kind of part of my childhood in a way but it's the, the, it's the, a the way limits of... of that we quickly bumped on the limits of that exactly
0: so yeah. well i had a twitter space once i think i'll release it one day reality gamer and someone else um like we were talking about like the the like like twee core and like you know a lot of it is basically progressives having their own like wholesome chungus reddit aesthetic and it's like that in a way is like david foster wallace that's like new sincerity so um no postmodern right wing is like to me it's a recognition that we live in the postmodern condition but also through it we can realize Certain quote-unquote right-wing values that can be slipped in through the back door by the collapse of prevailing meta-narratives from the 20th century to the early 21st century. I think yeah,
2: that, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I've always kind of identified um, as a kind of postmodern rightist. I'm not like a, I'm not a traditional traditionalist. I, I, I value. Yeah, I have a traditionalist lot of, tendencies, but not yeah. like
0: total like trad. You know, I feel
2: like, yeah, no, n- not uh, to tradition
0: with a V. Yeah, yeah, no,
2: not a fan of like the Benedictine option. Like, it's more, you know, the the Rod Dreher thing. It's I, I, you know, it, oh, that's it, it,
0: good until they waco you, of course. Exactly. But, so know?
2: I'm a believer, and I think the Frog Twitter is an embodiment of this. You know, I, I'm a believer in trying to fight on the grounds that 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 are that that we have, which are postmodern. Um, You know, whether it's whether it's using memes, which are kind of, you know, very postmodern in terms of the way they're construed, uh, whether it's just using technology, you know, openly using technology without having to unpack the whole irony there, like, uh, I'm all for sort of, you know, fight, you know, fighting on the fighting, fighting on the postmodern turf. And I also believe, as you said, uh, and as even like other random thinkers that I don't necessarily co sign on everything, but they're, they're prominent, like Alexander Dugan, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah he, he's really, so. he's written very interestingly about this. So yeah. I'm right there with you on that. And I wonder for you how it interacts with the kind of aesthetic question, because, uh, you know, you are a, you are a, you you would just, I would describe your art as um, fine art, but it's not exactly like classical, like you do. No, God, It's at no. least semi-impressionistic, if not outright modernistic. And you're yes. also, you know, Cause we talk about like right we were talking about earlier, even like right wing art is like some of these older forms. Like by that definition, uh that we came up with like a lot of Western art from pretty much everything before the French Revolution could be described as right wing. But there's also right. some very interesting, you know, the Italian futurists, um, these people who I know are a very big influence on you. So I just want to comment on that, like the sort of aesthetic dimension of being a postmodern yeah. artist. So you can have art that is both right wing and modern or even postmodern.
0: Right. Well, I find elaborate copes to compensate for the fact that uh, I don't have the skill level of uh, Botticelli, but no, <laughs> no, um, no, I think that there, there is, I think there was a period in Expressionism um, from like the sort of early 20th century to the middle 20th century, where they very much like, as much as they're venerated by like shitlib academia, you know, George Gross in particular, and other painters like uh because they didn't like the nazis um they still i think embody a sensibility of a very stark anti-modernism that in a way in a way like a lot of like modernist painting believe it or not is sort of like a weird appropriation or like a return to tradition that isn't like explicitly larping these styles of academicism because remember in the very, very end of the 19th century, academicism in France especially was like it was done for. like nobody liked it. Like it was, you know, people look at Bouguereau or whatever nowadays. like you don't you have to realize that like there was a period where that shit was trash for most people. like that was we can't think of it nowadays because I think that there is a return to like what is my friend Paul Rhodes called the G like, ooh, gee whiz, that takes a lot of skill to do. I think that people yeah. nowadays, it seems that there's been a Reddit appropriation of fine art where it's like Bob Ross, Wholesome Chungus, but also like, you know, Van Gogh and uh, Bouguereau. Like, there seems to be like the normie has colonized that sort of image space. Mm. And now when people look at the Impressionists or the New York School or the the Northwestern school that came before them, like people like Mark Tobey, um, they're like, oh, that's trash. That's like, you know, that's that's it's basically money laundering. Um, but those people were doing very specific things, and a lot of them had terrible politics. But I feel that um, they were trying to create their own sort of meta, the sort of like metaphysical picture of like it's it's very much what John Viewer says in his book Art, Art After Metaphysics, right? Like that's my biggest inspiration. Mm-hmm where he's talking about how in the great collapse of signifiers after the war, the great collapse of cultural um, signposts where artists, uh, artists uh, maintain sustenance from for generations In that collapse, the artist has entailed this horrible, terrible freedom and burden of like creating their own um, self-enclosed world of significance. And so I feel that, the right wing is also attempting this nowadays. We haven't mm-hmm. truly uh, gotten over it. I mean, nowadays, I think Kitsch is obviously more stronger. Like, people love illustration more. People love, like, people want, like, they want realism. They just want, like, a wholesome Chungus version of it. They don't, like, they look at, a like, a Bouguereau painting or some kind of illustration or, or something like digital art or whatever, like, that, like, early early internet digital digital art was way different like it was actual fine art like nowadays people love like glossy illustration and you know I, I don't know i have a very i have a very troubled relationship to that like illustration in particular i think that people like like what you were saying dan like people they want like shit that makes not just makes them feel good like shit that like
3: they Junk think food.
0: looks good because they're like, oh, that takes a lot of skill to do. And there's artists that like have way more skill than I do. But like, I think that, um, unfortunately, even the right wing falls into this trap of like, they equate skill with um, artistic merit. I mean, skill is but one vector of artistic merit. It's a it's an important one, but like, it's, it's more of, I think, the ability to, um, and again, this is very Heideggerian, the ability to, create a window into a world that interrogates itself so for example you were saying about like right-wing art implying something else that comes right like when i wrote that essay that comes right from heidegger in the sense of like his um essay the origins of the work of art where he's talking about the peasant shoes that bango painted right yeah it's it's implying a world unto itself whereas left-wing art implies a fictitious world that they want to hypostase into reality through various sure. social engineering projects So Cindy Sherman is a good example Go and look up her series of photographs Of like these mannequins of the 90s They are like distorted no. And like, you know uh, I had to write about her in my essay Abortion is Normal um, Bodily Profanations is about the gallery um, No, but like if you look at that Like that very much is Trying to create an image space For an instrumentalized political project That has yet to come into be Whereas mm-hmm. the right wing venerates things that imply a world that already exists, but is being destroyed systematically. But the problem of that is the the wager is that when you create art that is basically propaganda around the loss of that world, that is when you get like people doing fash wave or whatever. Like
2: you Yeah. Know, and I, I by the way, I like
1: Fash Wave, but yeah, I just don't yeah, think it's yeah. fine art. <laughs> I think yeah, well this there's a so one wise. Harkens back to an, an essay that Matt wrote, which is on uh, restoring or not restoring, creating new traditions. Yeah, the, uh, the yeah, the Renaissance of the ritual. Yeah, Mike Marcos. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I mean, I think that throughout the uh, the E rite the uh, our our thing, we're engaged in this the thing creation, of ours, is Thomas, <laughs> Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> in the creation of new rituals, in the creation of Very new much traditions. So. And that is something that, you know, you, we see in, in art as well. Yes, yeah. you know, yeah.
2: absolutely. But crucially, nutritions, I think you're right, Geo. like not to get too spiritual with it or, or, or do too simplistically spiritual about it. But I think, yeah, I think in a spiritual sense to be right wing is to be to, you don't necessarily have to be any you know this doesn't have to be there's different flavors of this but you do have to kind of be a perennialist in some sense like there is that that notion of like you know finding the dharma that's already there and lo and behold a lot of if you listen to someone like bap and even others uh talking about things like buddhism and hinduism the the argument is often like these things like for as lefty as a lot of the people who practice them in the west are like these are pretty right-wing uh old very old schools of thought and i think that being right wing has to be some version of that where you are are you know it doesn't necessarily have to be like the dramatic fall from grace that we're trying to get back to like Mm -hmm. some higher period of history like it can be a little more quotidian, a little less spiritually loaded than that but there has to be some notion of some basic order of nature that whether or not it's good it, it 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 is to be affirmed, you know, right. Cause like if right. you want to talk about Nietzsche's right wing there, I don't know if you necessarily say that nature is good, but I think you'd say it's to be affirmed. And I think exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when you're creating this, you can, you can have uh, postmodern right-wing art, you can have postmodern right-wing ritual. Uh, it can be pretty postmodern in that it is coming from the postmodern soil Exactly. You know, have to recognize we trim. are
0: postmodern subjects. Exactly. exactly.
2: Yeah. But but it does that is the one critical thing is that it has to be rather than trying to create some new set of values or some new utopia, rather it is oriented yeah. towards again, just some natural order Yeah,
0: utopian thinking is like very interesting because it has provoked great art and aesthetics. I mean supermodists uh the russian cosmists um they would be considered terribly reactionary now especially exactly what's going on in russia right now um but like even dugan says this right about like the sort of rival postmodern conception in russia in eurasia rather than in the west um they have like sort of a different notion of postmodernism there but i think mm-hmm. that like um yeah i agree with what you say i think because a lot of right-wing tendencies nowadays, it seems to be this elaborate ghost dance where it's like people either overestimate their importance or they'll like totally black pill themselves or they'll be like, um, like back in the Thermador Magazine days, we called it a doomsday optimism where it's like, oh, and then, you know, I have some of this tendency as well. Like, oh man, when things collapse, it's going to be amazing. I'm going <laughs> to be like, I'm going to be an epic step warrior. I'm going to own the libs. Like I'm, There was this one this one meme I posted Someone made Where it was a boomer wojack, A boomjack and he's got a fucking M14 and there's like an apocalypse Behind him and he's got like a Soyjack in his hand with like a Fucking Fox News shirt it's like that's what The boomers think is going to be the end of the world yeah. It's like we're going to be on top we're going to We're going to destroy the millennial Soyjacks we're gonna like You know like I think the problem Is when you start to Think of like all political life and all aesthetic life through a power fantasy or rather not a power fantasy or revenge fantasy. Like it's very much, and it's a powerful thing too. Like it's, it's powerful in the sense that it's a very um, if you are in a position of being a right winger in North America, in particular um, it's like, it's very demoralizing. Like I, as we speak. I live in Canada, the most like anti-right wing <laughs> country in the world. Right. Like it's, Yeah, i wouldn't say that i think like in terms of laws like britain has way crazier laws Mm -hmm. than we do same with like new zealand australia is getting bad but like in terms of the culture i mean you couldn't have like a worse example of like the poster boy of the neoliberal global homo global homogenous than justin trudeau i mean there's Mm -hmm. really no no worse right so i'm saying this knowing that my own power fantasy is that, yeah, I wish this place would just fucking burn to the ground, but then that's not realistic. Number one. And number two, what's going to happen on the other side of that. I don't think is going to be like this epic, like Caesar Augustus, you know, bronze age step warrior type of thing. I think that, that, that like a dramatic (sighs) shift, like put it this way, put it this way. We're already living in collapse.
2: Exactly. This is what
0: it's very slow. It's already happening. The fact that we have to debate over things like killing our own children and fucking women cutting their tits off and all that. Like the fact that we have to debate um, any sort of rival civilization not being smashed and destroyed by the global empire. The fact that we have to even debate whether it's an inherent value of our own sense of being that we're engaged in these like weirdo experiments with reality. I mean, and in a sense, we are living in collapse. But collapse is not like this dramatic, like, you know, the boomer with an M14 is going to redact a bunch of soy jacks or whatever. Like, no, it's not. Collapse is a process. It's very, you know, very much a process oriented thing. So if you think of that, like that we're already living in collapse, in some ways it's liberating because we yeah. can create, like, there's no, what other bottom is there, really. Can't go any lower. Yeah. Part of your, unless you're some like weirdo, megalomaniac with some fucking call to personality where you think that reality should be dictated by your own terms and your own like little movement but that being said really there is no way what bottom can we hit what bottom like is there i mean no i shouldn't say that because then i'll bring it into reality but (laughs) there's a few things (laughs) there's a few more things there's a few
2: final frontiers we'll we'll get there i'm sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) no but i mean like it's liberating in that sense you know
2: um so i do want to ask about we i do want to talk about your other we kind of talked about some of the themes already. Right? i do want to talk about your other recent substack article the confederacy of shit posters as well as the because this is a lit podcast we definitely want to talk about confederacy of dunces but before oh, yeah. that to just kind of chair on top of the foregoing conversation um where does call young fit into this you describe yourself as a Jungian traditionalist I have not read a lot of Jung but I what I've read I kind of think I used to read a lot of Freud in college but I think I'm much more of a a Jungian as most people on the right I guess would be mm. uh yeah I, I guess just how would you unpack uh you know the meaning of Jungian yeah, traditionalist yeah the, the
0: Jungian futurist thing was kind of like tongue-in-cheek but like um I I think that there, there is actually work I mean there was that one guy um he used to write for Reality Sandwich, although I um, <laughs> sort of a falling out with uh, what's his name, Daniel Pinchback. Who he, there was that one follow the rules stream with uh, him and Owen Cyclops that was quite fireworks. Um, you can never criticize these psychedelic people on anything, right? Like they. Yeah. Ironically enough, they're the least introspective. Um, <laughs> uh, um, Oh, Um
2: yeah, we we talked about we believe it or not, we've actually talked about, I think talked about this issue on a previous pod. Like uh, PHP,
0: right? Or was it
2: no with uh, our, our friend Brad, Brad. Kelly. I don't yeah. we didn't mention break the rules by name, but uh it was like yeah, the Owen oh, Cyclops is anti uh, psychedelic stance is this related. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: um yeah, so um no, there was this writer, uh Jonathan um Jonathan Zap. He wrote this great uh, article on Alex Gray, too. But he has this concept called the uh singularity archetype, which is like kind of this weird, like the archetype of like a great transformational shift. Like, I think that in some ways, as young like gets lambasted as an essentialist, and why academia has largely ignored him because of that, he is a hard like you can't get more essentialist than young. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like I don't know, maybe like us. Sestri Devi or someone, but like, I mean, no,
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: but like that's young. Young's, in terms of Futurism, I think that these archetypes, and it's clear by his Writing at the end of his life when he talked about the UFO phenomenon, he died around 1962, uh, right at the grips of the New Age movement, although if you Look at the Red Book, um, the Black Books that Young wrote in that Constituted the text of the Red Book he basically predicted the new age movement by predicting the age of Aquarius that came from young back in like when he was in the great world war uh, in the 1914, he was a physician. Um, Unlike Freud, he had to go and actually become a field medic. Um, Freud at this time was very productive because he didn't like, I mean, half his patients were getting blown to pieces in the Somme, but um, he uh, had time to actually do theoretical research and this is the period that you come out with totem and taboo um you come out with his other more theoretical stuff on dreams because he didn't have to deal with patients um because like half of them were getting blown up in europe Mm -hmm. and of course he welched out of being a physician because he knew people in high places so well that's (laughs) Too too bad the Austrian painter did not get Freud. He he escaped to London. Um, but no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> oh, but um, out of all the like, see that's how the Nazis fucked up. They just they that the you know they 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 persecuted the shop owner Shylock. They didn't go after the never mind, never mind. Cut. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, um, they didn't go after the real ones. Uh, anyways, um. <laughs> oh god that's terrible i'm i'm joking right-wing humor anyways <laughs> the youngian thing is <laughs> i think that arc as we sort of realize the potential of the digital being as life gets consumed by the digital i think that young is achieving a, a lasting importance nowadays for two reasons one is that in the background things things are sort of strange um academics have not engaged a lot with Young, but I think that there's room to grow. I think that certainly you could say that Bojard can be engaged with Young. But also, I think, unfortunately, is that Young is very easy to make content about because you're literally writing about the basis of the human self and the world. And so it's very easy to sort of turn Young into like a self-help grift. Unfortunately, like, again, not to name names. A lot of people have done this. And I think that, unfortunately... (sighs) Um, there is a darker implication to Young. There is a problem in terms of my Christian faith. There is a problematic Gnostic element of Young. There- I don't think that Young is like this wholesome chungus, like realize your own inner potential of self.
2: Oh, no, yeah. Become
0: an integrated person. Like clean your room, bucko. Like, yes, there is that, but that's missing the point. That's the fucking self help crypt of it. That's not the true implication of Young in this century. I think is much more meaningful, but also much more terrifying than people think. And there's a lot of work to be done with that. I think that Young I think that the reason Young is coded as quote unquote right on the right is because, I mean, yes, there is a base essentialism there, but I think that um it's viewing forces of history cyclically. And he's saying that these archetypes they transform. And they transmigrate into newer forms. So, for example, he talked about the UFO phenomenon. So, in modernity, these things don't leave us, they're they're still there. The bricolage of the collect of collective being, of the new sphere, the collective unconscious, it's still there, it's still present. It's just that it's covered up. So that I think is why a lot of people on the right have gravitated towards young, is because it's a recognition that there is a baser. More ground level collective there that there is something more ancient within man yeah. than the sort of a modern art or rather postmodern artifice that has been created.
1: Yeah, the collective yeah. unconscious is an inherently right wing phenomenon because in some ways the some memory way so, yeah. of our species is, you know, it's a it's a history and it's a it's a right wing history. Yeah, a- a, what's
0: that A one type the Aryan bloodline the A A1- one. Haplo group. H uh, one B. H one B. Yeah, the the H one B blood memory, <laughs> like yeah, blood uh, memory yeah. is
2: real. Yeah, you know. Again, even just the notion of essentialism, of you know, there yeah, uh, of there being a, a way that that man is, you know, that that's not, and I don't even know if that's what you mean by essentialism, actually, but you know, it's 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 in defiance of the the left wing you know, blank slateism, that's for sure. Create your own reality. Yeah. I I just want to jump
1: in that that was R1B. H1B H1B is the visa to bring foreign (laughs) workers in. So, no, that's not. So, H1B is the slave slave Yeah, H1B is the, yeah, the slave class visa program. R1B R1B is is the the Aryan step warrior, (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, last,
2: I guess, last thing I'll say on Jung is, um, you know, one of my interests that I've kind of developed on this podcast that ties into that article that of mine that Dan referenced earlier, the the, the, the Renaissance of the Ritual article. Uh, I'm interested in kind of the, the weird sort of quasi right wing or potentially right wing underbelly of like New Age stuff. And I think oh, yeah. pretty much, pretty much the Jung of it all. And you can still find Jung books in like any New Age bookshop um yeah yeah, like yeah yeah, that that is the i'm not saying new age is all based because most of it's not most of it's terrible a lot of it's a grift but like in as far as there is this (laughs) this ironic access to something more right wing within some of that and definitely within traditional like theosophy and whatnot it's uh you can find it through Jung. (laughs) yeah there
0: are people that even write like um like hit pieces on Jung, like trying to um equate him to the austrian painters regime there's that yeah. one book called um was it called young the aryan god like trying to uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah young the aryan god or uh return of the aryan god or something it was like basically saying that equating young with like volkism of, you know oh
2: yeah well look i mean i don't yeah. think equ- equi- equating is a stretch but the, the 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 dialogue between those two things is uh yes very powerful is, is there yeah for sure yeah. um i know well, that
0: I- like the the nazis gave him a pass or whatever but like uh I, I mean people on the one end like they make too much out of it but on the other end it's like um i think like freud has basically created a lot of like inadvertently created a lot of leftist ideology especially when it comes to sexual politics that young is sort of ripe for appropriation by the political right for -hmm. a number of reasons yeah um and like freud is like i think like the freudian lacanian sort of wilhelm reich aspect of it uh, of sort of like that's why they were sort of treated better in academia than young because you know young is for like the new age fair shit you know freud yeah is for serious philosophers especially serious gender politics mm. because that is um, essentially affirming what young ran against which is a very libidinalized se- set of you know libidinal aspect of the self that is um, that i think it really is at the core of a lot of left wing sexual politics whereas young is saying that the picture of the self is much more broader the picture of human sexuality is also much more broader um, and He has a lot of quote-unquote problematic things When it comes to the picture of man And the picture of woman Now -hmm. there has been a lot of like new agers Um That have like for example Like critiqued patriarchy or whatever There's like Marie-Louise von Franz There's like uh Marion Woodman Um there's like other like Thinkers that take up young And like at least a proto-left-wing Way but like not the like Left-wing politics of 2021 that is right. unthinkable because yeah. uh, you even
2: Freud, I, I kind of have not to defend him too much, but I, I kind of think I don't necessarily think Freud was that left. I think it's more that he was very created no, 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 there no, no. And yeah. it, it hasn't happened with Jung as much, probably because the work is more resistant, but it but it could happen and has a little bit, but but no, I basically agree with what you're saying. And I was get on the I guess I, I was gonna ask about this because he's a fellow Torontoan. Uh, do you do you what's your general take on Jordan Peterson? Is he is he a Jungian or are you uh
0: well his book Maxim meeting is good. I mean, I think yeah. if you wanted to I, I think it's an indispensable resource, but I think that um
2: Twelve Rules for Life is basically Oh god
0: <laughs> 12 rules for life. Um yeah. no, I think like young like oh, Jordan Peterson, um, in some ways he's kind of done a disservice to Jungianism through his like public profile, through his sort of like self help affirmation shit. But at the other end, I, I don't know, I think like at the end of the day, he's just like an, a dork web <laughs> at the end of the day. Like, I mean, he's never going to really seriously um, address like the things that people like us are addressing. I think like he's very repellent to that because he's mm-hmm. very like he has a very like boomer, like liberal, like, and the he guy does. used to campaign for the NDP back when the NDP was like working class politics. It wasn't like nowadays fucking Jagmeet Singh, right? This is a party of Jack Layton NDP. Um, for those who are in the know in Canada, um, no, like he, he very much is like, he's such a, he's like, he's a boomer. He's a boomer. Come on. He's a boomer, Canadian boomer. That's like slightly has some opinions of like, oh, this thing is not going too well. Like, I know, <laughs> like, like the other day was amazing.
2: The sports illustrated. They,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I wanted
2: to ask you about. <laughs> Cause you had a nuanced take on that, but go on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think she looks... Quite attractive, I think that. Uh, yeah. if But but oh, what's her name?
1: Uh, I know, I did. No, no, I said she's hot. I, well, actually, I think her oh, name yeah, yeah. Is something like Yummy. So Yummy, <laughs> Yummy. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: No, I think like if it wasn't in Sports Illustrated, it, there wouldn't be no controversy, in my opinion. I think like I mean, yeah, because she withstand to lose a few pounds. I mean, I I could withstand to lose a few pounds. Um, no, I think like. I, I get where Jordan Peterson was going, but I think the problem is he could have, like, stated that maybe it's not good to normalize. Like, okay, so he's getting ratioed two ways there. One is he didn't; he wasn't explicit with body type, so they could say that having, like, other races as a beauty standard, they could easily accuse him of racism, which they have. Um, I... I mean, oh, 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 should I even say something about that? Um, I think that there's a reason why there's sparsely few um, white families in advertising nowadays, and I mean, we all know we can't can't lie about it, right? Like, um, yeah. no. so, yeah. anyways, I, I do this thing where I try to appease the white nationalists, but I try not to. So it's, yeah, I got yeah. a, a very narrow tightrope I have to walk. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyways, uh, no, I think that there's a reason why you don't see like white fathers in particular
2: like, yeah oh you yeah know?
0: like i i'm cheeky i'm cheekily alluding to it but you know why so anyways he's getting ratioed in that regard but the other regard is that it's the argument of well the beauty standards that have been instantiated in western society since like say the 1980s is not healthy or no before 1970s right That it's not healthy, that you should celebrate Other body types, that it's alienating To most women, because let's face it, this Yumi Chick looks like most women I mean, maybe not, but like In terms of like her Compared to the average Sports Illustrated model Like with the cut abs and everything Like, she's closer, even though She's an idealized version of it Although some people would say no, I mean You know, she's closer to what An average woman who's Somewhat sporty would look like As opposed to sports illustrated of the past that being said i think i get what jordan peterson is saying that like you don't want to really normalize like especially in the context of sports illustrated you don't really want to normalize that type of body type when it comes to like sports and excellence yeah but then the argument is when it comes to other things when it comes to fashion when it comes to like the ordinary experiences of women like i personally don't have a problem if you want to have like within reason like some of these some of these women they try to normalize, like uh you know, without sounding too bad. But I I personally don't have a problem with seeing like a woman who is like that looks average looking, like or bigger or whatever, in like a fashion magazine or a clothing yeah. line. Like not every not every magazine's gonna be fucking Bloomingdale's, but like <laughs> yeah. it is it is true. Like, if you are like an average woman, I can understand why you'd feel alienated by that. But that being said, I I mean Again, he he has a way of walking into these non-controversies because for some reason he's occupied the leftist psyche, the current like irony yeah, of psyche. You, you
2: feel bad for the guy. He yeah, he, but uh, like he doesn't know. Like, we were talking about earlier, like, I mean, this is not the best comparison because you're, you know, you're a Twitter user. He's a, he was a professional psychologist, whatever. It's a kind of a different context. But, you know, you talk about kind of like swimming the undertow or whatever, like kind of staying off, off like the really bad radar, yeah. not getting kicked off. Jordan Peterson's the exact opposite. His views are not that controversial. There, they shouldn't be. I mean, they are, but they shouldn't be. Yeah. But he finds a way to piss off the most people. And like, you can just see it on his. How many bread tube essays? tortured video essays. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How many fucking video bread tube essays are there about how Jordan Peterson's a problematic fascist or whatever? Like that.
2: Yeah. No, he like, he kind of in some way, and I'm not even blaming him. I think he just kind of stumbled into this. He, and he's did like the exact opposite of like the ironically more mentally healthy quote unquote uh, thing to do in the the modern age, which is like he really just. He, just, he made
0: a lot of money off of it, though. So you gotta I, go yeah, around.
2: there's that. But my God, he just like the whole story with him and Russia and like, oh I just feel God, And then yeah. some of that was unrelated. Some of that was probably just his own depression. I don't trust whatever, his but, daughter. in any Oh my sure. God. I mean, she's hot. Yeah. But wow. It's a fucked. Is up, she
0: really? She's kind of getting there. I don't know. Like
2: it's been a while. I think I don't. Know.
0: She's I very. I think
1: she's still pretty hot. Yeah.
0: She's pretty hot, but I think the problem is that evil. She. Yeah, she has Possibly. the mind of a man, so she knows that she's hot. Kind of like Lauren Southern. Oh god, I shouldn't mention another E-celeb, but uh no, it's kind of like celeb, yeah. <laughs> you know you're hot, so you use that to your advantage. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of like the creepy like stuff between him and her, like the fucking bikini photos, and <laughs> the Russian boyfriend and the institution, and them being his public agent. And it's like very much like psychotic daddy daddy issue right there. oh 100 it's uh, like yeah. it's
2: weirdly transparent but yeah. listen i i do wish them both the best uh I just, yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: it's that's another thing uh well that's another topic for another time but
2: fair enough It must be talking about
0: pornography up. and all that but um yeah yeah <laughs> 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 but um no, no yeah yeah there's 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 a weird dynamic there but i think that jordan peterson like again like he's just a boomer that stumbled into controversy and i think he can never like truly get out of it like he's just he cemented his role in that and like i think he does provide value for some people but i mean the notion that you're gonna watch a jordan peterson video and then go on to like i don't know like what would be like a middle ground between like What's the middle ground between Jordan Peterson and TRS? I don't know. Or, or Jordan maybe, maybe you. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Go on go Twitter. On <laughs> like, I guess. Uh, BAP, yeah. BAP could be. I mean, that was an old BAP, thing for BAP, yeah, while. yeah, yeah. And I think there's some you're going to like yeah.
0: The, you're going to, like, watch Jordan Peterson lectures. You're going to read Bronze Age Mindset. Then as soon as you know, you're posting merchant memes on Telegram. Like, and, and, like, you know, getting insulted by Eric Stryker or whoever. Like,
2: you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, it's happened to someone, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, no, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think the radicalization pipeline, it's true to an extent, but like it's not like what they think. It's like I think it just awakens proclivities that you already have within you. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. if you're gonna, if you're gonna like go and post merchant memes and like here's the thing, I'm not even salting the Daily Stormer. I happen to think that Andrew England's a good writer. Um, I know he pisses a lot of people, off, but like, um, no, it's like I'm just using them as like. caricature example you know what i mean like yeah if 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 you like i think that the pipeline happens like i said because you have these tendencies within you but also i think that they provide you an opportunity to like actualize them like you're Mm -hmm. not gonna like go from jordan peterson to like um like like reading like uh the turner diaries or whatever like you're not gonna you know what i mean or yeah yeah you're not gonna get it like you're you're
2: yeah no i mean you're i think the 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 peterson to bap thing might be a little more real i always yeah yeah, i think it was a bit of a meme and a bit of a joke they used to say bap is like the subtext of jordan peterson i I always kind of (laughs) fucked with that (laughs) idea i think there's there is a truth to it because they are both like right-wing thinkers who are deeply rooted in and i don't know if bap is a young jungian, but yeah some some version of essentialism certainly Yeah. yeah most definitely
1: Think there's so much of a rabbit hole as just like I, I think we all kind of have the same red pilled knowledge, which yeah. is basically HBD. And once you get that knowledge, it's, you know, like some people, you know, respond to it differently. And it's not a rabbit hole like yeah. if you get that yeah. knowledge and you respond to it and you go to TRS land, well you were the type of person who was going to go to TRS exactly. land after you got <laughs> that knowledge. Mm-hmm. But like No,
0: but I I'm not even like, knocking it. I'm just that's yeah. that's the thing like it's Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're going like like say you you like you you uh stick to being classic classic paleo racist, like uh nice guy, <laughs> not really like you know his ideas are horrifying to academia but someone like steve Saylor or jared taylor like those guys they're not gonna like go and like see a black person in the middle of the street and start like saying gamer words or like crossing (laughs) like it's these are very like respectable people but even still like say if you end up like i don't know watching the daily show every day it's like yeah it's not i'm not knocking i'm just saying that like Mm -hmm that's your issue. Like, I don't look at these things the way that a lib would like, Oh, that's terrible. I think that, you know, there are certain limitations to everything. Like there's a limitation to the way that BAP thinks. there's limitation to the way that TRS think there's limitation to Jordan Peterson. There's limitation to like, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're a theory cell, like there's always going to be, I think um, there's never going to be a sum total, perfect ideological uh, lens from which you can view all issues, because you're inevitably going to have to choose. Now, I'm so choosing to be more amicable to BAP means you're going to be a little less amicable to being a theory cell, which I mean I've struggled with that, you know, because I've BAP has always been nice to me, but um, no, no, I think like inevitably, like if you you know, it's either like this or that, you know, and whoever's in a beef with another person, mm-hmm. then it's like. I think that's again a big problem with the right though is that it is just like When you deal with an avant-garde you're going to deal with cults of personality not like a genuine Institutionalized political movement that sort of avoids now institutional political movements and like academia and institutions themselves They do have these like petty bullshit politics resentment, but it's not to the same degree as Cults of personality fighting for resource very limited resources like it's dynamics are totally different and i think that's absolutely impetus of why i'm trying to write this article series because i feel that like angela nagel did a decent job for 2016 and and, you know she's certainly learned a lot of lessons nowadays having like watched a lot of her interviews but i feel like kill all normies like it, it has a very it has a lot of limitations in the sense that it sort of devolves into the gossip of what was happening in 2017 2016 2018 yeah and and as you pointed yeah.
2: out somewhere it was written for zero books which definitely yeah. couldn't very tightly controlled what she was allowed yeah. to say and not say in the direction she held Exactly. In the but she's i mean she's been on like good old boys that podcast yeah
0: now that she's been excommunicated yeah. by by her comrade Doug Lane <laughs> you
2: know, uh, oh, oh she's please. also been on Tucker of course yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um
0: her comrade <laughs> Doug Lane yeah. revolution be upon him
2: you know yeah but
0: yeah go ahead so i'm making a joke no, all good well
2: i think we've t- kind of <laughs> talked about a lot of the themes of this already but the other recent subsect of yours that we wanted to highlight is your article confederacy of shit posters which is basically mm-hmm. that's what is that that's basically article one in this series yes uh sort of delineating the e-right sphere um I don't know if you want to give us like the TLDR of it. It's kind of like the right wing art article. It's, 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 it's lengthy and there's, there's, there's ins and outs to it. So I don't know if there's an easy way to sum it up, but, but basically this is just your first step into summarizing this movement you've been, by the way, I did want to ask this, like how long, when did you, I'm sorry to ask two questions at once, but you can kind of talk about the article, but also like, when did you first get into this stuff? What's kind of your history with it?
0: I wanted to, um, wait, get into what stuff?
2: Oh, like when did you first come on Twitter, for example?
0: oh god okay you, yeah. oh yeah we're sort of starting with the introduction in the middle or i know the, i'm sorry. sorry i just
2: no no it's all right um, it's okay. good to keep I, kind because of, you you have been here since the start kind of, yes right yes. yeah
0: i i have a very somewhat story history um i was in grad school i was in my philosophy ma right before i did my politics ma which i probably shouldn't have i probably just tried to i say i should have applied to a phd program right away but at that time I could have still did it, and things weren't that bad. But like, it was on a downward trend. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, when you go to a university as I have, where the philosophy department was very interesting, it was filled with very interesting people. It was one of the only philosophy departments in North America that offered um, a full MA in either continental or Eastern philosophy. Not a studies department because Unfortunately if you want to study those things you have to go to like A literature department or a studies department Um i say was because Unfortunately like all humanities Departments in north america our Philosophy department was absolutely fucking Bodied got rolled into this General humanities program ah fuck
2: Yeah professors
0: retired Not giving enough money to You know bring on new Blood even though the department was Connected to people that could have been Brought in um so I, my supervisor was also a notorious figure who doesn't give a fuck. Like I consider him one of the last true academics. Mm-hmm. Um, look him up, Rohit Dalvey. Um, He like oh, well, got fed up. Yeah. He was the chair of my department. Um, but like he, so basically I would have a hard time. I was basically sat down by people in, in my university saying like, listen, Gio, just do whatever you're doing now. Like the whole thing about being a professor, that's sort of like, Kind of not an option for you um, Because I just don't have I don't possess the same personality As like most academics nowadays Mm -hmm. Um, But for a myriad of reasons um, I wrote this essay In grad school In my Frankfurt school class My critical theory class um, About Foucault And the Frankfurt school And at the very end I mentioned as a way of disrupting Power um, I mentioned the video artist nobody tm who was very popular in the chans at this time uh and had a whole website and nobody tm was actually a collection of different people but i i struck up a correspondence with the head editor this was around 2014 and nobody tm offered to put my essay on the original website you can look up archives of it um the essay is published on my wordpress as well it's the one that pretty much everyone knows me from beholding a new pale horse um Mm -hmm. And I was offered to write for West Coast Reactionaries I struck up a friendship with Adam Wallace That's how I met Matthew the Stout My good, what I would consider one of my best friends ever Um, So I was writing for West Coast But then West Coast, um, Adam Wallace decided to leave He became quite a big figure in the movement Um, And this is when I was convinced by them to go on Twitter I have, my Twitter account says it was created in like 2012 But that was because um, I had a Twitter account that I forgot about I didn't go on it Um, This was when Twitter was getting bigger I didn't care about it, you know, whatever Um, Then that's when I went on Twitter, was around 2014 And this is when I discovered Frog Twitter and all the original posters So I've been around since then And so what happened was West Coast went by the wayside Because Adam Wallace left for his own personal reasons Because he was, you know he was a young guy himself, and he was sort of like placed upon this role of being like the number one right-wing theory self. Um, so what happened though? I was in contact with the man who would create Thermidor magazine, and I decided to jump ship because I was like the first one that you know I was the first one to be informed that West Coast was going under. So then I decided to go with Thermidor magazine, and that is when um I was introduced to I had read some stuff before but this is when I was introduced to the like the right wing like reactionary blogger sphere mm-hmm. um people like moldbug and you know others um and you know I was in a group of like very talented writers um people that are still around from that day um a lot of people left so this is when frog twitter was u- a united force yeah. this is when you would have people that were um Thurmanor magazine and social matter became the landing zone of like the serious writing that was happening but you had people from forums you had like the biggest to biggest e-celebs um all of them were sort of presenting a united front around 2016 um but there was cracks in the surface uh between between two two big people in particular people don't know this but yeah bap and you know who the thinker of ironies they sort of always hated each other they sort of always never liked each other but it was just they could tolerate each other because they were relatively smaller fishes in a growing pond but when bap achieved his ascendancy and to the point where you know i, I remember going into the grad lounge uh my my other supervisor in poli he's like yeah so what's this thing about bronze age mindset and i'm like you know, I'm mutual. I was mutuals with that at the time. And uh, so it was very weird. Um, mm-hmm. I think like I've, wow. I've sort of seen the genealogy of like the way frog Twitter, the way mm-hmm. the E-rate has developed. And I've sort of like, there, there's always a cycle attached to the way in which things go up and things go down the way that there's a dark age and a Renaissance posting. Um, so I wanted to like comment upon or like do a sort of mapping not necessarily of all the players involved but rather the sort of the meta modes of inter into like sort of you know intellectual engagement and discourse in these like you know online right wing spaces and Definitely. i feel that you know i feel like angela nagel was only doing a portion of that job for that particular time period but, but the thing is we still like i've said in the beginning of this like we still live in the shadow of 2016. Um,
2: oh yeah, definitely. No, that's one weather, thing that the, yeah. the Confederacy of ship Posters article really does a good job of kind of mapping out is how we're still living in that, in that shadow and how, Yeah. you know, but uh, for, good
0: listen, for, yeah, yeah, for, for good or for bad, Yeah, you
2: know? for good or for ill. Um, yeah. I think we've covered a lot of kind of the general, just the article people should absolutely go and read it. Um, and we are coming up on a, you know, a little over two hours now, so we should probably wrap up the show, but before we do, we definitely have to talk about the, the title of Confederacy of Ship Posters, because this yeah. is a literature podcast, is taken from Confederacy of Dunces.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: do you want to just kind of map out real quick uh, what you know? What's the comparison there? That the main character in Confederacy of Dunces is Ignatius J. Riley, who's a bit of a and Dan can I've actually not read it the book, of, so uh, Dan can sum it up. So soon.
1: I I wrote a novel that uh, is actually kind of thematically and stylistically similar to oh, wow. Confederacy of Dunces. It's called Nutcranker. It's coming out with Terror House. But, Nutcranker? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. It, uh, yeah. So Nutcranker is coming out. But, uh, you know, moving on from that plug there, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Confederacy of Dances. And, um, yeah, so it kind of, um, it it's written in the 60s, obviously, yep. the early 60s. and it But it imagines a sort of proto- edge lord proto neat uh who you know if, if if he were alive today ignatius J. <laughs> yeah would be a, an edge lord neat he's a he would literally be a
0: chan poster now yeah. he's, yeah. he's
1: literally a monarchist yeah. in the book so it's like today if you're like you know in the right you're like oh wow well this guy you know he knew what was up
0: <laughs> yeah i i wrote i i was always fascinated because people kept comparing me to ignatius which I mean is kind of true, um, like sort of someone who's steeped in like traditionalism but is painfully modern. Someone who lives contradiction. Someone who's neat, who like is is repulsed by but at the same time attracted to weird freaks. And um, I feel like the obsession with like right wing schizo posting, like the schizo poster becomes the bauble of interest in, intellectually. But I think like Ignatius has so many characteristics of like. The E. Wright poster, but now instead oh, yeah. of going out into the jungle of like, uh, was it New York City or no Louisiana? Uh, or New, New Orleans, Orleans. Yes. New Orleans, yeah, yeah. Instead of going out into NOLA and like encountering like, because you know NOLA being like, ground zero, a very interesting freaks for its you know, oh, yes. rich history of different cultures in Louisiana, unlike any other place in the south, right? Um, I think like instead of encountering freaks in in Meat Space, I think that the like lug a fat intellectual that likes to envision himself as an ancient man against time is in the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm oh, yeah. consciously aware. I'm very much someone of this archetype. Um, but also I wanted to talk more about another, another installment is like the sort of a, like, I, I cover this with crooner, the, the maker of the e-girl documentary and my you know content minded um, the sort of like obsessions with the e-girl and even like, why like right-wing men are obsessed with certain like leftoid femoids figures I wanted to
1: talk about that as well given what you wrote about uh Ignatius's relationship with Myrna and uh yeah there there is a certain um sexual fascination with woke or progressive women and like you find that for instance with um for Jen Psaki like yeah, yeah, yeah. she yeah, yeah, she has the mommy milkers, and she's pretty, <laughs> but uh, but it, you know, but that's not why. That's not why i you know, men online. This Nina, so horny. It's because she has this, you know, the progressive ideology itself. You just you you hate it, but you wanna like you wanna fuck it.
0: You hate fuck <sighs> it, yeah. No, no, but like also, it. she is the voice of power. She literally is the voice of power
1: that Gen too yeah. yeah i mean there's a weird bdsm thing going on yeah, <laughs> has, yeah. no i mean she has no, the power true. she's and she's like you know fully this like progressive women have embraced degeneracy yeah and so but that embrace of degeneracy is that in some way a heightening of femininity because when women mm. are left to their natural you know state they they tend toward <laughs> the
0: long house yeah <laughs> This Nina woman, what's her name?
2: Um, the new Supreme Court Justice? No. Oh, God. No, God. Yeah, no. Uh, like,
0: There's still, they're, I Ketage. mean, Kataji. Kataji Brown. That. Like, no, no. I think, like, the right, the, the right, the E right is far too racist to admit their uh, race play fantasy. But I think, no, the, the, <laughs> the, the <laughs> well, something we could talk about. Um, No, the truths are the Nina.
1: Oh, yes, I know. The theater girl. Yeah, oh, Jesus ja- Christ. Jackowitz. Yeah. So uh, Jankowitz Something. Jankowitz. Yeah. Jankowitz, whatever. I think it's
2: Jankiewicz. Jankowski or something.
0: Jankowski, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like, she is another powerful, like, because she has very masculine features. And the way she talks, it's like, imagine the most, like, airheaded, like, Twitter moderator. You just want to, like, literally, um, like, like, uh, enact some kind of like borderline sexual assault fantasy <laughs> right wingers have it's i i, I sw- it sounds crazy but this obsession with them like okay let me set the stage so as you know myrna Mink- Minkoff, Minkoff, Minkoff. yeah yeah she is literally a jewish cat lady glasses shit lib activist that talks 100%. about social and in like a natius like basically threatens to kidnap her and to like bride sack her like yeah. ignatius is obsessed with this woman but she's like literally the antithesis she's literally a jewish activist woman that is like like <laughs> yeah. anything imagine like all the fucking stereotype of a like a, a shitlip woman that a that a, a right winger has she is it but ignatius cannot get enough of this woman ignatius yeah. fantasizes about marrying her
1: like there's a real yeah. like sexual appeal. And I think that is true on the other side as well. Progressive oh, women, yeah. they want right wing men. They want yeah. you or know, sexually, yeah. they want right wing. Maybe they don't want a right wing boyfriend. But I think it's and it's in that sense it's exactly the same. Like you want the to rad femmes would hang around Shensaki. But you yeah. don't want to, you know, date her. You don't want to marry her because you know, <laughs> your your kids will be taught to be trans or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you have kids at all, if you, if you have kids right, at all, right. extinguish so, them in the womb. Like that's you yeah. know, um, no, but like yeah, there's definitely there's something there's that sort of weird sexual compulsion there. I feel there's a libidinal element to it. Um, I think like, uh, but then like, why do you think the e girl plagues the mind of the right winger? Why do you think the e girl like, the, the rad Radfem in particular, like, fucking is, is like, on the one end, we're extremely hideously repulsed by them because they, let's face it, they have kind of shitty opinions about, well, a lot of things. Um, but at the same time, there's something about the rad Radfems that just keep us going, that just compel us to engage with them. They're very much a succubus in that way. Like, they're very yeah, much, yeah. like you know, like, they're a discourse succubus, but <laughs> Like, why do you think like, um, I said this once and uh, there's kind of a possibility that I'm going to interview her one day. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm talking about Mm Mad Femme. Uh, Oh, oh, yes. I said this once on follow the rules. There's a compulsion there because remember, a lot of people, they wanted to envision her as a five hundred pound black woman, I remember, <laughs> remember Zero HP Lovecraft tweeted this. Like he's eternally, he's my friend. I owe him. I owe him the world. He's given me so much advice over the years. He tweeted this photo of this like sassy, overweight black woman. Like mm, like, he's like, this is the docs of Radfem Hitler. Uh, <laughs> but no, but she actually looks like a fucking Aryan princess. Right? Oh, there's. Like,
2: I, I didn't realize there was actually a picture of her.
0: Yeah, yeah. She oh, looks no. like an Aryan <laughs> blonde stepwoman. She looks uh. like a wheat field girl. And so it's like there's there's some kind of like weird complex there, why these supposed hyper masculine right wing men, they're like going out of their way to take the bait from Rad Fem Hitler. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. I'll ask her that one day. I'm going to ask her about that. But well, well, like, you're gonna tune in for
1: that episode. That's oh, for 100%. Sure.
2: Oh yeah.
0: man, yeah. I
2: think Dan and I. I don't even know if I should say this. Maybe I'll cut it out. But Dan and I were like, should we go after Radfem Hitler for the pod? Probably not. <laughs> Probably <laughs> not for New Right. However, I would love to hear the Gio rad Radfan, Hitler. Oh yeah, interview. that would so be
0: that would be something else. We'll, we'll um, look forward
2: to it. We should probably wrap this show. Uh, we don't. We tend not to go for too much longer than two hours. But before we do that, uh, and you kind of already talked about some of your recent projects at the top, but like anything else you want to pitch, Gio, anything at all. Pitch,
0: uh... Oh, you cut out for a bit there.
2: Yeah. I went the whole show oh. without cutting out and now, and now, I just did, but I'm now you're back cutting out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, you no, no, no.
0: Content minded going strong. I have a bunch of interviews lined up. Um, I'm going to try to get back into art, uh, my seller's website. Um, I'm going to actually start on Monday if I have the chance. Um, I'm going to, uh, start on YouTube instead of, uh, I used to write the series on WordPress called Modern Art Madness. And I'm just going to do it like every week. Um, I'm probably going to put some on Patreon as well. Um, Like me talking about one specific painting or work of art for 10 to 15 minutes or so. Um, I, you know, cheap and easy content people like. Um, Yeah. So that is, I'm also trying to do, um, trying to work out a stream with a close friend of mine who is also a YouTuber And uh, yeah, so onwards and upwards I have a lot of great interviews planned with different people Um, I just have to schedule some Some people you don't expect That I don't usually interact with Hmm. Um, But I think a lot of my friends as well uh, I I pretty much like the one-on-one interview format I mean, I will have Like, I will do eventually Streams of multiple people um, On a given topic But I noticed that um, People really appreciate Streams without a lot of noise, Um, a lot of like interrupting and, you know, and and fucking schizos yelling at each other. Um, But (laughs) no, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Content Minded is going great on both YouTube and Patreon. Um, I'm in the process of uploading everything as a backup to Odyssey, but I'm also going to start uploading um, content minded and style talks. Which is the the semi-regular art podcast I do with Matthew the Stout. Um, we're we're planning to do more style talks, by the way. Um, I eventually want to bring in my friend Finn Devilers, the uh the sculptor. Um, but no, I'm gonna put it, I think, on anchor because people are requesting mm. something that you can download. Um, so anchor is of course free. So I'm gonna put, you know, do that. Uh I have a lot of things I have to do actually. I'm actually more busy.
2: Yeah, it it seems like you're keeping busy, but no, we'll definitely be tuned in. And and everyone, all of our listeners should definitely, if you haven't already, check out geo's stuff it's really top tier content thank you <laughs> absolutely and i think with that and check
0: out new right i love the name new right podcast yeah thank new you New right, yeah. right yeah. later yeah yeah um i listened to the one with zhp i i like that
2: one awesome thank oh, you there that
0: he yeah. does two hours yeah
2: yeah so, no we're we're a new uh we're a new pod we're a newer podcast still we're coming up on, we're gonna come up on a year uh in a few months but we're still nice. we're still newer relatively speaking so uh Definitely appreciate the, uh, you know, help, you know, pitching us out a little bit. Uh, it helps build up our subscriber base. Uh, and even just you being on, of course, we really appreciate oh, it. Oh,
0: yeah. so.